Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Thanks so much for listening to this. Coming up right on the end of Season 4 here, it's time for some Royal Rumble 1998. Want to give a huge shout-out to our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And just in time for the holidays, there's a whole bunch of amazing content for you to sink your teeth and your ears into. If you've not joined us already, we are all the way up to WrestleMania 17 on the SmackDown Crawl. And we've just released the absolute must-listen final part of our Walking a Golden Mile Bibliotech series where Adam and I go through all of William Regal's autobiography in sometimes grisly and painful detail but it has been an absolute riot and one of the best received Bibliotech series that we have ever done get access to a whole shed load over a hundred hours of audio and video content video episodes Smackdown Crawl Bibliotech side ventures random bonus episodes all this and more if you become a backer at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast if you're listening to this podcast and wondering why we don't stop the action every 30 minutes for ad spots and plugs it's because all of our lovely backers over at patreon.com slash a podcast if you like the show and enjoy what we do and want to give yourself a little early christmas present why not head over there become our backer and get access to all of those goodies but for now it's time to settle in it's a good one it's a long one it's royal rumble 1998 <laughs> Welcome to the Adventure Podcast, Season 4. Oh, the end is in sight, like the light at the end of a tunnel. Hope once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Join as I am always in this look at the prelude to us doing WrestleMania 14 for an unprecedented second time by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First across the way, the man who's got a journey into darkness ahead of him tonight and then some, Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hey there, buddy. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? We, we, like, you, you've immediately focused on the positive there because we've got a nice big slice of journey into darkness to get into later. But apart from that, this is the DX show. And let me tell you right mm. now, folks, I fucking hate those <laughs> with all my heart. So have you been watching the Raws as well as... Uh, the yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, did, we did the last ride recently. So I was like, I'm going to leave all my season four watching until we're done with Bugger Red. So we did that. And then I had... You three, had a lot to watch. I, I, I had three days to watch 12 hours of Monday oh, Night Jesus. Raw and Royal Rumble. Joe's dad visited us last week. Mm. And at one point I had to, like, excuse me, I have to make myself scarce now, you know, ne- you know, leaving the dinner table. Like, where are you going, Kevin? I'm going to go and watch a Christmas-themed edition of DX Raw is War. Mm. <laughs> and that is what I'm doing with my life now. Good, thank you very much. <laughs> and to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet and my inspiration, Billy Kay. Hello. How are you doing today, Bill? I'm doing very well, thank you. 1998, how's it treating you? It's a new year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to... To seeing this first quarter that we're going to see going into the end of this season, I'm looking forward to the build-up to WrestleMania 14. I'm, 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 I'm very curious about watching 14 again. Are you curious because, like, do you do you remember? 
Because I mentioned to you last night that we're thinking about maybe doing a stream or something where we listen back mm. to episode one before oh. we do it again. <laughs> we fucking rough day at the office. Yeah. I, I don't remember much of it at all because, like, when I've re-listened back just to like to the podcast, I I have purposely skipped. Yep. The first two or three episodes of the podcast. I think the third episode is where, like, it's it's not like I I think I would not die of embarrassment from listening to the third episode onwards. I think it's from mm. King of the Ring onwards. But but that first episode, oh boy, that's it's gonna be fun. Like. <laughs> yeah. And look, Royal Rumbles. Are we we all fans of Royal Rumbles. Always. always, always my favorite pay-per-view type to talk about. They're always, always so fun. Why is it always fun to talk about? It seems oftentimes it's more fun to talk about than to actually watch. There's a good deal of variety you can rely yeah. on with the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you get some singles matches and tag matches, but you always know you're going to get at least mm. one big silly match with lots of different people and lots to talk about. Here's a question. Now, having just watched the pay-per-view before we get into it, is this feeling like the 1998 WWF attitude experience that we got very familiar with then back in 2013? I'd say pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Something very important has happened, of course. So probably one of the most important things, understated as it was, Vince McMahon did that promo. Yes. You know the promo. Mm. The one where he uses loads of big words. On the network, it lists that chapter as Vince McMahon ushers in the Attitude Era. Like, that's officially, according to the network, it started now, the Attitude Era. It's funny because like it didn't feel like he clicked a, you know, a switch or pressed a button and all of a sudden it was different. It just felt like... Yeah, it's been like this for a while, no, slowly. It doesn't feel like there's there's a huge difference between this and the last pay-per-view. I mean, mm. not the last pay-per-view, but I feel like if we compare this to the start of Season 4... Like, like WrestleMania 13 yeah. is a yeah. different show, and yeah. Not in a good way, in my opinion. Like, there's really? a, a lot of the 97 stuff that I was like, oh, I really like these tropes and I really yeah, like yeah. the way they're treating the wrestling. That's all gone now. This is very much like Season 1 of the AE yeah. podcast. Just for some reason, I, I'm finding this the most watchable wrestling possibly I've ever seen. Mm. And I, I take your point, like, DX are fucking insufferable and there's yeah. so much stuff in the show that I don't like and it is at times I'm shocked at how poorly made the show yeah. is you know no disrespect to the billion dollar company but like the sounds the cuts the edits mm -hmm. like it's it's so bad and not in like a Kevin Dunn's got his finger on the button it's like they forgot to put their finger on the yeah, button yeah. and it was live oh no it's he's asleep wrong. in the chair like, yeah okay. so it's kind of endearing in its own way this mm. like kind of yeah. raggedy engine not the engine that could the engine that obviously fucking should but yeah, yeah it's Vince <laughs> and Kevin in da bungalow like <laughs> everything's going wrong <laughs> Well, we've got some important issues to discuss because Vince McMahon's done that promo, Mick Foley's having an identity crisis, Steve Austin's throwing stuff off bridges and beating up every wrestler on the roster, and DXR themselves. It's Royal Rumble 1998. To be the World Wrestling Federation champion, there is no parallel, no higher accolade in the sport. To be champion is the dream of every competitor who's ever entered the squared circle. From collegiate champions to former gridiron greats. From second generation superstars with championship pedigree to first year rookies with youthful aspirations. From Olympic heroes to the master of the octagon. From a renegade with a cold-blooded identity to a man who would willingly exchange three personas for one with a champion's label. Tonight, 30 men who dare to dream. 30 battle-scarred warriors who have spilled blood, sweat, and endured the agonies. Who have labored in the cold shadows for that one precious chance to seize the championship spotlight are on a collision course with destiny. Tonight, 30.
30 men will batter each other, sacrifice their bodies, betray friendships, embrace the soulless ally that is desperation. To the victor go the spoils. To the winner, a once-in-a-lifetime chance to become the next heir apparent. To the throne. Okay, Adam, uh, I need, first and foremost, give me a little bit of taste of that fantastic news agent offerings. I want my WWF magazine. I want my Raw magazine. I was going to say, I don't want the attitude as well. You're already humming and hawing about it. Well, These right, magazines, just, man, come on. I'm looking at this, though. It's just a pay-per-view poster. The, the no. WWF magazine okay. is just the Rumble 98 poster. You describe, please, for, it's, for the audience at home. Austin. It's the back of Austin's head. And where Agent 47 would have a barcode, he's got the Royal Rumble logo. <laughs> and no one ever notices as well, Austin. No he's got that on his back. Always but. had that. <laughs> and he's got a load of pins coming out of his head as well, because... He's a hellraiser. Yeah, like, he does <laughs> love raising hell. That's generally what I think it is. That's like, brilliant, they, though, They right? consider him a hell hellraiser. And it says, pain, just a four-letter word. That is technically the tagline for tonight's pay-per-view. Really? Like, yeah, if you look on the posters, that is there, but they don't make a big fuss. I think it's like WrestleMania was heat. Like, they like the little one-word thing. Heat. Pain. <laughs> it says, a look back and ahead at a decade of devastation. Oh, sorry, well, the head is Steve Austin. Is that it? There, look at that look head back right there. Look and ahead. And then, plus, when will Cactus return? Hey, he's been here every week. Yeah, he's been you on about. Well back, back in that MSG here role. all the time. And then over on WWF Raw, we've got the... For, for the mature fan. For, clearly for the mature fan. It's that nudie picture of Sean where Hunter and China are holding the belt in front of his ding-dong. And it's got all graffiti all over it, and it says, For a good time, call 1-800-DX. Vince fears DX. The icon. Suck it. Showstopper. And then it Those says... Those renegades. I know, they wrote that on a magazine. That's so rude. Oh, kids are around these parts writing the icon. The icon. Everything. Oh, like, my God, young man. They just love that roller coaster. What can I say? The quote here, Nothing comes between me and the title. And then another quote underneath, Comparing DX to the NWO is like comparing young stallions to horse meat. Vince McMahon lashes out on AOL. Excuse me? Is that the famous AOL chat where Vince was left on his own for ages? I don't know, because I, I swore that was later. I thought that was later, and I don't remember him saying the NWO is like horse meat. I think it's maybe a different AOL chat, perhaps. Oh I, I also love on that how surly Triple H and China look. Compared to Sean, he just looks like he's happy to be there. He's having a good time, yeah. mate. Like they, those two are definitely playing second fiddle to this lad here. I must say about about Shawn Michaels though. Have you have you noticed this that even though he looks fucking exhausted, he's not been as like slurry and kind of yeah. shambolic as he would have mm. been like six months ago. I, mm, I, yeah, probably not slurry and everything. He's definitely a bit more cognizant than he ever was. Because he's champion and he's happy. But he's like, still yeah. not very good. He's still like a lot of his promos are clearly like, all right, mate, you thought you could wing this, and you're doing a fucking terrible job of it. Like, <laughs> uh, last little thing here at the bottom of Raw magazine. Clearly a lot of fun here with DX at the bottom here. Uh, Venom to sue Sonny for sexual harassment. Oh, the so, fake Vic Venom, is it? Vic Venom, a.k.a. Vince Russo. Not Eddie Brock. Booked himself at... No, no, no. <laughs> I just want to do one thing. I just want to sue Sonny. Like. <laughs> Billy, yeah, have, you, have you got a little culture update for us? Oh, yeah, we were in 1998 now, officially. Now, before you get okay. right into the culture, Billy, I've actually got a bone to pick okay, with you here okay. on behalf of the listeners. Lay this is a cultural this, bone. Th th this me. is a cultural bone. Those cultural bones. <laughs> this is something that I've been meaning to bring up for a while. This is going back to Survivor Series. Okay. Where you talked about the UK number ones. You talked about Candle in the Wind being released. And in America, it was a big deal. But you said how in the UK, it never even got to number one. It wasn't actually that big a fuss over here. 
To which our good friend of the podcast, Lizzie, has been having like a fucking aneurysm over this. She, <laughs> oh! She's been messaging me every few weeks like, you still haven't talked to Billy about this. You need to talk to him okay. about it. To quote Lizzie, whoa, 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 did Billy just say... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Did Billy just say that Candle in the Wind 97 didn't get to number one in the UK? It sold nearly five million copies. And then in italic letters, it's the biggest selling UK single of all time. <laughs> yeah, but... But... But if you go by... Oh! If you go by... If you go by when they measured what is the number one single, which is on Sundays, <laughs> it was not the number one single in the UK. Billy keep up tumbling down like. <laughs> I didn't expect this. Yeah, I, they, they, they I, measure. I, there's, there's the countdown to what is going to be the number one single. Uh-huh. It's like it's like five pm on a Sunday UK time, uh-huh. and it wasn't. It, it's the it biggest. It must have been number one at some point. It wasn't, but not at the point where they mark, mark it down. <laughs> it very well could have been on Tuesday. Who gives a fuck about Tuesday? It's all about that Sunday. So you're always looking at your Sunday figures. Yeah, probably. because that's what Wikipedia does. And of course, we're on pay-per-view, so that's always on a Sunday. So the man's yeah. got a point, in fairness. Mm. This is to be continued, I think. <laughs> what happened, what happened, what's happened here now is Adam thought this was a one-shot kill thing. And yeah. He's got no more ammo yeah. left in the <laughs> Lizzie has broken like, every piece I, of furniture I, in her bedroom. I, 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 I fully admit there's a very strong chance it could have been single on Monday, Tuesday, hell, maybe even Thursday. But on Sunday, it was not the UK number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy, give us some okay. culture that may or may not have asterisks beside it. <laughs> so this, this pay-per-view is January the 18th, 1998. So I looked at January 1998 as a whole. UK number uh, one single for this Sunday. <laughs> this Sunday, Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> this um, Sunday, Lizzie, at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Elton John on a pole ladder match. <laughs> uh, UK number one and Irish number one are the same. It's All Around the World by Oasis, which is a tune. All around the world. Is that the one that Halifax have been using for their adverts recently? Oh, that's the one! I the hate one that! Yeah. It's nine if, minutes long. If you're moving into a new house, or thinking of having a family, or putting down your dog, and you see the dog or if you have like a sister and I hate as well because at the end it shows that bank manager walking and he's got yeah. a smile, and then he stops and goes... <sighs> <laughs> you know because of the last two years and it's just to say this bank feels feelings which it absolutely does not <laughs> then the US number one single is Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden oh, oh wow okay. okay UK number one film it's The Devil's Advocate oh, oh yes yeah, absolute yeah. goddamn Bobby Dazzer I fucking love that movie Get me Sam Chappell. I don't know if he's seen it. I want to do a podcast <laughs> about it right now. Uh, US number one film. And this will be the number one film for the UK and the US until we finish this, this season. Oh, so Titanic. Basically. Are you serious? Yeah, until the end. Titan- of course, Titanic. Titanic was never number one at the box office in the UK, obviously. It was not really a big <laughs> just, deal over there. It was actually not released in the UK at this point. Uh, That's why The Devil's Advocate was number oh, one. I see. So that, that was on top then for, for like six months, was it? Or some shit? Something crazy like that. So, and if, if I remember, if I yeah, if, if, until the end. If I'm correct though, I can't remember what film it is. There's something really funny and shit that knocks it off in the UK. Um, I'll have to. Phantom I'll, Menace. I'll, is I'll it, have to like remember what it is. Uh, so I was saying to Adam that we should do a commentary track on Titanic because it obviously feels like a absolutely not. No. <laughs> you guys suck. Um, video games released in January '98. Oh. Resident Evil Two. Oh, fucking a. Panzer Dragoon Saga on the Saturn. Yeah. 
And Skull Monkeys on PS4. Yeah! Oh, fucking A. The rest Sequel of, to The Neverhood, baby. The rest of the games, oh, yeah, I was like, you're right. oh, I don't know. No. Have no. you ever played Skull Monkeys? Sorry, yeah. I was indulgently talking about uh, games I, with my friends. As French, a child, but... there was, I had like £20 to spend at the game shop, and I had a choice between two games. One of them was Skull Monkeys, and I passed it up, and I've regretted it ever since because I got the Spice Girls video game oh, instead. Oh, no, Adam. And made, I made, yeah, I made a bunch of music videos, and I did a bunch of dancing by pressing rudimentary buttons and stuff. But... Did you have to beat up Richard E. Grant at the end? <laughs> oh, 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 it's absolutely everything <laughs> it would be. I laughed, I cried, I made a music video with my mates. <laughs> and it's funny because you literally can't play Skull Monkey, it's impossible to find them. No, like, you, can't, you can't get it. You really passed up the opportunity. I, I fucked uh, up everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of world events of, of, of January 1998, and I, I've heard, I hear you both. We're thinking about the You're saying, Billy, that's not worthy of being talked about. Oh, I God. hear you, I've learned. So that's why on January 1st, I've noted down that Mongolia switched from a 46 hour to 40 hour work week. Whoa, oh, that's good, good shit. Mongolia. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's good. So that's what we're working with on January 1st. January you know 5th- what, Billy? I'm happy that cause, because of your recommendation, <laughs> I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima yeah. and they've been having an awful go with the Mongolians. Yeah. You've given me a bit of food for thought there now. <laughs> January 5th in, in, in sort of sadder news. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> then, then the lightened workload. No, because it, it was a 50-hour week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because because it was a big event. Is January fifth is when Sonny Bono died. Oh, oh damn! Uh, so that was January fifth. Damn, damn, damn. Um, then obviously something we're going to be hearing on the pay per views and Raw oh, yes. going on. January seventh, former White House intern Monica Lewinsky mm. signs an affidavit denying she had an affair with President Bill Clinton. Oh dear! D- denying that she went to ifreeclub.com and got yeah. all the MP3s that she could download. <laughs> Adam's doing the political <laughs> film. Uh, January 9th Anatoly Karpov defeats Vizwanathan Anand to retain chess title. Yes, that Anatoly Karpov who made that little boy cry on oh, television. That's... Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is worthy. I want to make him a friend of the podcast somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> I learned actually the reason why that little boy cried is entirely his own un- his own doing. Because <laughs> no, you know, in, you know, in competitive chess, you've got to hit the clock. You yeah, only yeah, have yeah. a certain amount of time you can use. Mm. They gave the kid, the kid 10 minutes grace time. Right. And he ran out the clock. And Anatoly Karpov saw that before he noticed and said, do you want to call it a tie? And oh. the kid went, no, I'm going to beat you, old man. And then, the, then he pointed, you actually ran out the clock, so I win. Mm. And then that's when the kid cried. This classic wrestling. It was the big entrance, the distraction, the pyro. And he got, yeah. the kid got rolled up before he knew yeah. it. You know? uh, January 20th, Dawson's Creek debuts okay I mean that you're, was you're, you're good kid but you're no the OC that's yeah. all that, that was big in the world of TV breakout for James Van Der Beek and Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson January 25th Victoria Beckham and David Beckham get engaged yes finally the band is back together love is real baby <laughs> and then finally on January 26th President Bill Clinton says I want to say one thing to the American people. <gasps> I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Whee! You know what? I'm genuinely shocked by WWE standards how little they talked about Monica Lewinsky tonight. Because you mm. would have thought, like, given oh, that it's in the air. Baby, it's the 18th. We're still warming up. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he's I not going to say that for another week. So oh, I guess. We're Jesus. not on a rolling boil just yet. Like, yeah, no, we, no way out. We'll be here all that. Like. We did get one more thing that was sent to, into us on Patreon from Ryan, 
who wanted to let us know that on the 1st of January was the debut of Celebrity Deathmatch, which I do think is wow. a big cultural thing for oh. the yeah. era. We talked about Celebrity Deathmatch in one of our live shows, yes, did, I yes. believe. Austin and McMahon were on one episode. That's a very big part of that whole WWF attitude experience, totally. I think. Because for me, like when I started watching, and it's not long after this point where I would have started watching originally, you know, catching snippets of my brother and his mates, I always like, was coming to wrestling with kind of, you know, this real mean-spirited, oh, fake bullshit, not yeah. cool, lame, everyone's going to make fun of me for watching this. But turn over MTV and Celebrity Deathmatch being there, it legitimized it. It made it seem like, oh, okay. You can have a bit of fun with it. Like. The, the bigger boys at MTV like it, so I, have, yeah. I can like it. It's okay. Mm. Do you want to guess who was the first encounter we had on Celebrity Deathmatch? It's a contentious one. Oh, mm. the Bill Clinton versus Monica Lewinsky. The <laughs> <laughs> good housekeeping match is horrible like that. We had Charles Manson. Okay, so, as far as you mean to go on. Okay. Yeah, pretty good taste. Taking on... Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know who went over? I have no idea. I didn't actually check the dirt sheet. Oh. Sorry, Bill. Here, let's have a little uh, little chat about that fucking beautiful intro package here with this. I think this was my favourite non-blassy, attitude-esque promo ever. I mean, I do like... Really? I like that guy. The guy with the voice like this. Like he's talking, doing a voiceover on a dubbed anime. Yeah. The music, that kind of... Um, I don't know, it's got a bit of the John Carpenter to it. It's mm. not just butt rock. We've gone for that kind of PlayStation startup noise aesthetic. Mm. I thought this was really cool because it gave you that sense that there's like 10 or 15 people here who are not necessarily going to win, but they have stories. Yes. And they have descriptors. Like they were looking at people like own heart and saying, you know, this reckless guy who's got nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Mankind, who is like a man who would trade in three of his broken personas for one that could identify as champion. Ooh. And then framing this Rumble as being much like the following year's Royal Rumble, 99. It's the world versus Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin. I don't know what you guys think of this one. I fucking loved it. I, I think I'm just, I'm a bit hard to impress when it comes to Rumble promos because it's always like, you know, you normally your pay-per-view opening package will be like focusing on a storyline or whatever. Yeah. When it's just about the Royal Rumble match, I've heard everything you can say about a Royal Rumble match. Yes, it's every man for himself. Yes, everyone wants to be champion. And yes, this is before they knew it was all about the numbers. Though. Yeah, I, yeah feel like, I feel like I needed to know a bit more about the numbers. In this How match. many big shows have been <laughs> yeah. in the Rumble match so How far? many cereal bowls does this lifeguard tend to, you know? I did like some of this ridiculous verbiage that someone obviously at some point just went, oh, if El Freddie Blassie said this, it would sound great. Mm -hmm. but which of these men will embrace the soulless ally that is desperation? Oh my oh, good lord. Soulless ally. Fucking beautiful. We open up our big sold out crowd here at the Royal Rumble. It's a hot crowd because this is a, a show that is really cooking with gas right now. Steve Austin as hot as he's ever been. And the big talk is about Iron Mike Tyson yeah. who is here tonight as a guest and they keep saying, we'll be in ring tomorrow night on Raw. Not tonight at the Royal Rumble. No. And like they were, when we were watching the Raws for this, Bill, they were fucking salacious. They were like, will Mike Tyson enter the Royal yeah, Rumble? The amount of misleading <laughs> chat. And I feel like even tonight where they keep saying like, Mike Tyson's going to be in the ring. Like, yes, he will be stood in the ring with a microphone. But they keep yeah. saying it in a way where they're trying to make you think he's going to be fighting someone. The Raw before this, they dedicated around 15 minutes to continually showing promo packages of Bam Bam Bigelow fighting Lawrence Taylor. 
like saying that's what was going that's to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow became the biggest star in America once he stood up to Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, forget about that. And Cherry like. Lawler's like, I'm going to do the Mac Tass and what I did to Andy Coffin. I'm going to break his fucking neck and give him a pile driver. Nah, like, nah, nah. Don <laughs> King is not having any of that, man. Genuinely would love to see that. <laughs> Jerry Lawler getting bike ties and be like, I'm going to pile driver. <laughs> How's this make you feel, though, Billy? You've been sitting pretty for a few years now, being unquestionably the baddest man on the planet, and now there's been some question thrown over it because this fella says he's the baddest man on the planet. Oh, well, I've, I've got so many fucking... So many qualms. I've got so, so many qualms and, and complicated feelings about Mike Tyson. The C- Crime and Sports, the podcast I, I listen yes, to about the yeah. athletes, they just did a three-parter on Mike Tyson. Wow. And, and I'm coming out of it, I'm so conflicted because, yes, Mike's had a horrible fucking life and horrible things have happened to him, but he's also a fucking monster. Yep. Has so, he has he been on that? Because I always find it difficult because like, I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, there's no way if you do something wrong you could ever come back. But like what he's done, I'm kind of of the inclination that if I never saw him again, I'd be grand with that. Mm. But what obviously the PR and what his people and what his career wants you to think is that he has paid the price and he's walked the road of, yeah, of, redemption. of uh, redemption. He hasn't. Well, no, has because, he? No, he hasn't because it, uh, like accusations followed after his release from prison. Yeah. There were more accusations beforehand. They just never went to court because he threw millions of dollars mm. at these women. He it, like Perfect fit for WWE then, Billy. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's, it never stopped. So he, he never had that redemption arc. You know, he's like, he's never happened. And also it's about the fact that they opened tonight on a, on a fan sign, massive letters saying, Tyson kills Tupac. I actually Jesus. had to, I looked into that. Was that actually? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Where yeah. was Mike Tyson on that night? Tupac right? was only in Vegas that week because Mike Tyson invited him. Right. Mike Tyson invited him to come watch a fight. So he and, didn't pull the trigger, but he no. set up the and hit. And Tyson was actually supposed to be in the car with him that night. But um, Tyson's wife called him and said, we've got a new daughter who you've like, practically not seen come home. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, I'll come home. So he should have been in the car he with should have, He should have mm. been in the car with Tupac. Here I was thinking that sign was just good old-fashioned no. attitude era and, sign yeah. work. Yeah, and did you know this is actually the second attempt at getting Tyson into the WWF. Really? really? 1990, he was supposed to appear at a episode of the main event. I heard that this is when he had his first kind of big suspension. He couldn't box for a while. And they wanted to kind of keep him in the in the limelight a bit. So he, he was he was going to be on that yeah. until he had his his big loss to Buster Douglas. Ah. At which point WWF went. We kind of don't want it anymore. That's we don't, we don't, amazing. We don't want that loser anymore. But apparently, apparently, <laughs> Ty- stink out of here. Apparently, Tyson's people called them first and said Mike doesn't want to do it anymore. So that's why you got Buster Douglas appearing as a special guest referee for Hogan versus Savage. How about wow. that's what Tyson was supposed to do in 1990? Oh, that would have been on a Saturday night's main event. Yeah. Oh, that would have been fun to look at, Bill. Except oh, no, 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 you, not, you and I are going to be looking it's, at it's, bull riding. It's not. It's not Saturday night's okay. main event. It's, the main event. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, that's interesting because I think something that if you're not a boxing aficionado or anything like that, like the way they make it out here, the Mike Tyson is basically the world champion and he's going to come and box all these wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But he's he's pretty much done professionally at this point in 1958, right? I mean, he'll come back for a few matches. He'll come yes. back for Rocky Six, like, but he's pretty much done <laughs> Rockies <laughs> 1 to 4 by yeah, now. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he he's over the hurdle. He might be beating fucking Tommy Gunnay in the car park after this, yeah. but he's not doing anything else. I mean, you saying, speaking of you saying about them like not wanting Mike and deciding to not use him, this, we've got a bit of correspondence from Rob here on Patreon, and I didn't know anything about this, but allegedly WCW wanted to get Mike Tyson yes. and were very close to getting him. 
Rob, a bit more, was it? Rob wrote here, this event of the night afterwards is obviously synonymous with the appearance of Mike Tyson. Tyson had actually been scheduled to appear on WCW in the summer of 97 and would be part of the NWO, similar to Dennis Rodman's appearances. Wow. Because the WCW were running the MGM Grand two nights after the now infamous second Holyfield fight, the and one a, where Tyson bit Holyfield twice. Yeah. And of course, as well, like, you know, WCW, it's, it's basically like a cottage industry them now of getting in big-name celebrity Pretty athletes. Pretty much. That's their know, thing. And Jay Leno. According to the Observer Newsletter at the time, Tyson was backstage at Nitro, but due to the backlash from the Holyfield fight, supposedly the MGM Grand and TNT weren't happy with Tyson or boxing being promoted on WCW. Wow. So he didn't appear and, of course, would wind up being a featured celebrity in WWF 6. Six months later. Sorry, like. it's crazy to think that one person can like sway an entire sport like that. Mm, it does like make Tyson seem to be like just this other fucking world entirely. Because you see now like a lot of UFC fighters and, and boxers and stuff like that, who are those kind of larger than life controversial figures. Yeah. But I don't think those industries bend to their whim. No, no. Interesting here, anytime they mention him on commentary or we get a glimpse of him, and they say at the start, he's here tonight, folks, somewhere. Yeah. Any mention, whiff of mention, big booze. Yeah. Big booze. Mm -hmm. Is that because people are sick of him? They don't want him in wrestling? Or just because at this point there's so much controversy stacked up about him that he's like the second most hated man in America after Bill Clinton? <laughs> it's impossible for Is me it? to yeah. say as a child in the UK at the time. But I yeah. do remember as a kid there being this sense of like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad, he, he's yeah. A bad he's man. He's a thug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he bite, the biting and all that. That's yeah. it. All yeah. I knew about him as a kid is he bit a guy's ear off and it was like, oh, he's not very nice at all. Like... So we start things out tonight with Tafka Goldust, the artist formerly known as Goldust, taking on Big Van Vader. And this is a hot crowd here tonight, folks. Mm. And I'm honestly, I'm always delighted when a match, which probably would in, in any arena would be put smack bang in the middle of the cards with yeah. not much fanfare. When these two veterans actually get a chance to do it right, open up the show yep. with a hot crowd. And these guys have been ticking over with a feud since Survivor yeah. Series. Mm -hmm. And both men, I think, I've really come around on Vader. And I didn't think this was possible in 1998. When Vader came out, he was fucking feeling it. Like, he was Absolutely. on fire. This was, yep. Big Van Vader was here tonight, like. Feeling confident, feeling good about himself. I don't like Goldust ring attire because it makes him look like a big minging boiled sweet. So, yeah, he's got a couple of looks here because he's in the Rumble tonight. Almost yeah. everyone who's wrestling here tonight was in the main event. Yeah. He's pulling double duty on this Royal Rumble. Which is a Royal Rumble that contains the smallest number of wrestlers in it ever because yes. one person doesn't show up and three people are one person. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the smallest, not the greatest Royal Rumble. Oh. Tell me the, uh, the the outfit of Goldust, the artist formerly known as. He's, he's like a, a mint humbug. <laughs> That's what he's dressed as. I thought he had some purple going on here. I, I pictured more it's of like... like a, green and purpley striped. Yeah, I saw like kind of apple a... and blackcurrant gold dust or oh, something, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Very it's, 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 it's very hideous. Yeah, it is. I love Luna's look as well, where she's got half her face, has got the, the classic Luna um, kind of your veins on it, and the other half is old school gold dust. Yeah. Like, the white and gold. And she's got this plastic clear skirt yeah. on as well. Like, very, very, like, there's a lot of these looks where it's like, back then it was meant to just be ugly and weird. But actually looking at it now, it's like, actually, that's pretty cool. Pretty trendy. Like. Hey, boo-hoo. I got some more of those fast fashion styles that got to end up in a landfill that you guys <laughs> like so much. Uh, so Goldust has been on a, a bit of a tear, as the artist for me known as. Still doing his high-pitched, <sighs> effeminate, borderline, please gay-bash the gays uh, voice. Borderline. Borderline. <laughs> come on. <laughs> right. It's on the nose. He's basically like, come yeah, on. He's, he's doing the Matrix, like, <laughs> <laughs> just bring it. So he is mainly, though, pivoted from some of the more bizarre, fetish-looking outfits 
a lot of the stuff on Raw has been him, and this often happens when someone loses their mind in WWF, is that they just end up imitating people. So he's done like Dude Dust, he was Dude Love, he did Sable Dust, he yeah. was also the New Year's Baby as oh, well. That's uh, Big Show's gimmick, you fucker. They're all upsetting in their own way. Yeah. But like, they've definitely crossed the line with making JR feel like uncomfortable at this point. Yeah. The way he talks about some of these, when he was Sable Dust, and the idea was that Mark Merrow, who's jealous of Sable, and more so now, brought out Goldust dressed as Sable to be like, anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. And as Goldust is like, you know, essentially taking off Mark Merrow's robe, JR goes, these men are tough. These men are tough. But they're attention starved and they have frail egos. But don't forget, King, these are some tough men in the ring right yeah. now. And it's like, you saying that over and over again is not having the desired effect. No. It makes you seem so scared about how you think this is coming yeah. across. Which begs the question, why do it? Why are we doing this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't feel like Vader... like. This feud isn't like Vader has any issue with the way the art is no. formerly known as No, goes. no, that isn't the feud. This is a question of patriotism. Yeah. And what happened that night in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we try and make it sound like this, like it's not an ongoing feud. They're trying to make this sound like this is all because Goldust wore Dragon and hit Vader with a coconut. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He <laughs> did that on Roy. He did, yeah. They try and make that, that's why they're fighting tonight. So, but they've been having a thing since Canadian Stampede. Is he? It's actually before Survivor yeah. Series. You're right. You're right it's right, going it back Stampede. a long way. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, when Vader comes out, he does this thing. I don't know what it is. He only does it when he's really happy, really excited. But he kind of like swims through the crowds. Yeah. You know, Sid has that as well, where it's just like, I don't give a shit what my character is. I'm here to be with my people. Yeah. And I'm going to fist bump everyone and shuck and jive and do the fucking worm or whatever it, it is. It is behavior like this that sort of leads to like remarks like, which Vader are we going to get tonight? Because it's like, yeah, you might get big, surly, angry Vader, or you might get the Vader that's swimming down the <laughs> ring, having the time of his life. Like. Taking his gloves on and off, doing all sorts. <laughs> Vader smashes the shit out of Goldust at the start of this, mm. and the crowd are nuclear. Yeah. I love it. Just this, Vader just doing his stuff, and the crowd yeah. were here for it. I absolutely loved it. Within like 30 seconds, Vader was covered in Goldust's face paint. Yeah. Just because he was like enveloping him in every corner and every situation possible. I love JR is trying so hard, like you said, to sort of smooth over the Goldust character and be like, it's not a gay thing. This guy's attention star. He's a tough man. Is what he keeps bringing it up. There's a bit where Goldust does like a little elbow drop and he's like, oh, this attention star individual. <laughs> <laughs> So Vader loses control when he goes for a big sit-out ass smash and Goldust manages to get out of the way. He does some of the old classic Goldust offense, like he goes for the punches in the corner and he gives Vader a little kiss, which the crowd do not like and we do get our F-word chants of the evening. There it is. They're loud and they're here. I don't know if that's on Peacock still. I'm assuming it is. Uh, yeah, I feel like they have a much harder time getting rid of crowd chants yeah. than they do with like commentary and whatnot. I love the moments where Vader just... I don't know, maybe because Goldust is a veteran or whatever, but there's a few times where he just stiffs the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when he clotheslined him out of the corner, yeah. he just knocked his fucking dick still. It was horrible. To which Jero went, Vader! is thick. Yes. Which, which was such a Smackdown 3 line. Yeah. Like, Vader's incredible move is thick. <laughs> we do get on commentary as well. It's going to be one of those fucking pay-per-views. And this is kind of what I meant about us transitioning from the cool 97 stuff that I like to more of the, I don't really care for this 98 actually era stuff. It's one of the many nights where it's like, folks, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's not here yet. 
and we're gonna we're gonna remind you of that mm. fact in five minutes that Stone Cold is not here tonight, folks. And they're just gonna keep coming back to this again. And they, they do this for like four or five pay per views, I think. Where it's oh like, yeah, Austin's not here. Can you believe it? Well, oh, no. there's plenty of other people that aren't here, but Austin's not here. Because he's the he is the main character of the show. Now. Absolutely, everyone knows it except Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Steve Austin is the main character, and basically is like Poochie. Every time he's not on screen, Jim Ross is gonna be where Steve yep. Austin. Uh-huh. And like that's fine, but. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've adored Steve Austin being on like 95% of these shows. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everything that he does, I've I've popped for a big time. But it is, when you see this, it just kind of reminds you of what's to come. It does mm-hmm. get a bit insufferable with it's this. It's annoying, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's fine to do when it when it's just like, when there's not a match on. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, when, they're, constantly, comeback, when, right. when they're doing it, yeah, during every single match, that's when I have a problem with it. Like, fine, after, like, between the matches fucking talk about Austin all you want. Yeah. But like when it's like, you know, Vader and Goldust, you know, having a good match here. Yeah. And just talking not talking about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The finish of this match left a little bit to be desired in kind of terms of logic, but because it was Vader he kinda of got away with this. So what happens is Vader goes up to do the Vader bomb. A Goldust gives him a low blow, and then Vader just goes to another Vader bomb anyway. Yeah. No, I get to do my special move. But this time with Luna on his back. Oh my! Which is such a cool side. Luna Vashon, let me tell you what a fucking pro she is. We did an episode on her for How to Wrestling. I always love Luna. I love her even more. I've not checked out the Dark Side of the Ring with her yet, yeah. but. Yeah, there was someone who was always willing to do literally whatever the fuck. Probably more so than anyone on the roster. Mm-hmm. I don't even going to dare like, compare to any other women on the roster at the moment, but ain't too many people saying, yeah, Vader, I'll jump up on the fucking small of your neck because like, yeah. your back is too big to grab around. And she goes sailing. She nearly lands head first. She does, yeah. Like, Scary. She was, she was very entertaining during this because there's a part as well when Vader was outside the, lying on the ground outside the ring and she straddles him and starts trying to stab him in the neck. Yeah. With her shoe, with yeah. With her shoe, like. <laughs> she is terrifying in this. But yeah, that spot at the end, that was unreal. And mm-hmm. that was honestly, maybe the first time other than in the Ken Shamrock match, which doesn't feel fair, but this felt like Whatever the WWF version of Vader is and they wanted him to be, it was this. Yes. He was this, like, larger than life. He had kind of that big show thing of, like, you just can't stop this guy. You know, mm-hmm. once he gets going, he had that momentum. Vince McMahon felt like he would have had a big smile on his face with his Vader match, which he rarely would have had with a Vader match, I Absolutely. would have thought. I fucking loved it. I thought it was probably Vader's best WWF match I've, I've seen other than the Ken Shamrock one. Which is more of a shoot than, than yeah, a match. Yeah, that's not really a match, is it? I would agree, actually, because this is proper, like, Goldust didn't look bad. Goldust yeah. still came off well and still got to do the things that you'd expect from him. But you actually got to see Vader be dominant and be a monster for once, which you don't get enough. I'd still say that the Owen Hart match is probably just going to eke it out. Oh, you're me. right, like, yeah, that yeah. That is great. That is great. How about you, Bill? How'd you get on with this one? I enjoyed it. It's yeah. good. This is how you open a pay-per-view. I wouldn't yeah. have picked these, like, if I was, you know fantasy book in a show I'd be like oh is this like meant to like kind of make it more difficult for me later on <laughs> but no they, they rose to the occasion they mm-hmm. did a really really good job backstage ah it's little Michael Cole oh, oh there, he, there is. he is fun sized announcer <laughs> he's with Mr. Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin is here he has arrived in the Stone Cold pickup truck he is one of the 30 participants in tonight's Royal Rumble match and we're going to attempt to get a word with Mr. Austin about tonight's match. Mr. Austin, what do you think are your... I got nothing to say to you. Just park my damn truck, and if you scratch it, you're going to get your ass whipped. Well, Mr. Austin, what about... Mr. Austin, apparently, uh, heading back to the locker room area, 
He is in the Royal Rumble match. He is in the San Jose Arena tonight. He is a marked man, however. 29 other participants are going to try to get their hands on Stone Where Cold. Where the hell did Austin uh, go? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm Where's not sure he just talking to I, him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Ah, here he is. He just arrived. In his hey, truck. valet my car, you punk-ass kid. <laughs> also, you could win my truck. It's worth $30,000. They gave away Austin's truck from Rock Bottom. Yep. And it was... I, I'm not sure if it's this is the same truck. Mm -hmm. Because they give it away later on tonight. I don't know if like Austin has to get a ride home because they're giving away this exact I truck. I think it is this exact truck it's meant to be, yeah. So he says to Michael Cole, valet my car. And then he gives it to some lady. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. No wonder Austin got so ornery with him later <laughs> on in his career. Uh, the truck, I did like that they mentioned every time you could win it that it, it's, you know, it's, it's cash value. Because like you don't want a Steve Austin truck. It's like having a Garfield house, so, you know, you don't oh, want that, right? yeah, you do. <laughs> really? Yeah. Popping up to Aldi in a car that says 100% whoop-ass on the bottom. I've got an update on the truck winner that we'll get to later. Like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I found a little bit of info. Yeah. Oh, my God. Excited. Oh, and guess what? Steve Austin, he is a marked man. Because on Raw, he drew a he drew a boob on his chest. He did. He and did. Uh, I know none of you guys be able to resist. Dig this, you know, because <laughs> everyone loves Total Recall. They're all like, you know, enamored Whoa. with them now. Uh, the Godwins want Steve Austin. They do. That's a sentence I never thought I'd write down. Oh, bless. I like that the Godwins want. I like that everyone wants a piece of that ass. Yeah. And it's different from the following year because the following year. It's like everyone wants the bounty. There's they want a bounty the money. on him, yeah. But this year, everyone just hates this fucker. That's it. He's, he's spent weeks on Raw beating everyone up. Like, he's gone out of his way to make enemies with everybody. It is basically like the child ruining his own birthday party and then yeah. showing up to everyone else's birthday party and ruining that as well. And now he's not allowed to have birthdays anymore. So Steve Austin's going to be eight forever. Coming up next, six-man tag team action. Oh. And who's the special guest referee? It's only the most versatile woman on the roster fucking sunny out in referee uniform yeah she is sorry recently on Raw she's been a cheerleader yep. she's been a skill girl yep. she's been a ring announcer and now she's a referee yep. she's a five tool player is sunny honestly she can do it all and the competitors tonight Tarantula El Torito Battalion taking on the dream team of Max Mini Mosaic and Nova Fuck, did this come from? They've not been on TV. They just brought them back out of nowhere. I think we got one match with Minis on Raw, but other than that, we've had like nothing. It's been fucking forever. Do you know where they do it? Mm. Shotgun Saturday Night. Is that where? And that's not on the network. No. And I'm thinking, I'd, I'd love to watch me some Shotgun with yeah. some fucking weird, like Brian Pillman on commentary and Minis wrestling Fuck all the yeah. time. That sounds good. I can't remember who we have seen, who we haven't seen before. We've seen Tarantula. We've seen El Torito. Yes. I feel we've seen everyone but Battalion. Yeah, Battalion. Yeah. Let me tell you. Oh, fucking tank. I wanted a fucking toy of this as a kid. Yeah. That's like, this guy, a military muscle man come to life. It's fucking amazing. But it seemed, though, that the only thing that Battalion could do was receive an arm drag. <laughs> when, when you look that cool, mate, that's fine by me. That's basically what he's done here is that he's he's not trying to be so great, Battalion, because he is kind of a military theme. He's got you know, a hat and he's got, he's got mm -hmm. the helmet and the jacket mm. and the medals. I think he's worried if he's too good Billy and he kind of has a bit of a shine or spotlight Sergeant Slaughter's going to come in Absolutely. and be like yeah. give me all your medals <laughs> and that's an order I love stealing valor <laughs> and that's his catchphrase isn't it <laughs> <laughs> King King here obviously he's made it a point to every time he sees Max Mini I'm going to pick on him for his size and make little jokes about him and he's clearly ran out of his best material. Because because he did mention him at the blimp again later yeah. on. He's like, maybe Max Mini's driving the 1-800-collect yeah, blimp. Yeah, you've used that one before, mate. 
He's run out of the good material because one of the first things he says about Max Mini is, Oh, here's Max Mini. He'd make a good refrigerator ornament. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what? He goes darker later on. He, has, uh, he goes, I remember when Max tried to kill himself by jumping off a curb. Fuck For me. Say, Jerry. Come off it. Of course, Jerry was bringing out some of the uh, great material on Raw. He did literally say the line, I don't mind dating women younger than myself, except when I have to drop them off at school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You've been being a big dirty pedophile king tonight. Huh? No, officer. I, what it was, I was just making a funny joke about Jesus a fucking lawsuit that I was embroiled in. For fuck's sake. Maybe I'll intimidate your witnesses. Maybe you know what I'm oh saying. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, the king's hyperbole. I wrote down here, he's not a borrower for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> the music with these lads were coming out. Obviously, yeah. it, much like uh, Butterbean slash Ken Shamrock slash Mark Henry, that thing, which is excellent oh, yes. for many people, the one that they use for Max Mini, that do 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 they use that for like various light heavyweights. But the music that Max Mini came out to tonight, it was a dub, but it sounded like something from Beautiful Katamari. Yeah, I, I yeah. loved it. It was great. That combined with the three of them all looking like Beautiful Joe. <laughs> oh like, yeah, it was so good. These, Absolutely. Let me, I know we said it before, but the minis are running circles around people. Oh. In terms of like, those are great fucking outfits. Like, yeah. can we even compare it to like the luchadors you're seeing over at WCW and stuff? These guys look fucking amazing. Yeah, legit. so good. El Chirito is the man who can't stop taunting. I think that he's got like drift on his N64 controller. He's just there in the corner going like this nonstop. Like. It does, however, not seem to click with the crowd. And I'm not sure Dead. whose fault this is. Yeah. Because I was keeping an eye on Sonny to see like, you know, fucking hell. A, language barrier. B, this is a much different type of match to what they're going to do. And also to what I'm sure the people in the back expect. And Sonny's there literally like tell them what to do a lot of the time like she just calls spots oh, for them. really yeah like she's just like kind of whispering into their ear and stuff like that you can't see it a few times but it just doesn't seem to click with the crowd i don't no. know what you thought went wrong in this one i honestly to me it feels like they've just kept the the minis off tv yeah. for so long it's cold. that it's like what what's happened like last time we saw them on pay-per-view was because someone had passed away and they needed to fill time so like this time you can't help the crowd would be like oh like what's going on here oh, jesus something, something like are we feeling like for a mistake or something I just feel like the crowd haven't had the chance to get to know the minis recently. Yeah, they've not been given a reason to give a fuck. And like, if there's six people in there with Sonny and you, like, there is no, like, you know, you do the obvious thing where, like, some of the guys are, like, kind of, you know, like, heels or whatever. They're like, you know, you have to have a dynamic between them, the teams, and Sonny, the special referee. Because otherwise, like, why is Sonny out there? There's no relationship there. And, like, it kind of felt like when they brought Sonny out in a schoolgirl uniform the previous week just to be like, here I am. It's like, you just want to, they want Sonny to be out there. Which just is fine. literally just eye candy for the crowd. I mean, her shorts have got zips. It's, that's cool. cool. Great. But like, yeah, they didn't seem to be able to do much with her. At the very least, we see Mike Tyson having the time of his life. He's a max mini mark. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, me and Mike Tyson were on the same page at that moment. So. Like, that's, that's the only thing that I can like, as like a positive of him being there. He's obviously like... Oh, he's a fan. He's a fan. Like, that's yeah. why I found it so odd when he said he, he went to WCW. Because he's on record saying that he has been a lifelong WWF fan. Oh yeah, fan. he was. So it's weird that he would even go to WCW. But I think as well with Tyson, a lot of that, he owes his people negotiating on yeah. his behalf. Surely. And they just yeah. know that he likes wrestling, he wants to do wrestling. Max Mini and Tarantula, those are the two who got the little bit of, the little bit of momentum. They build up the crowd, I think. They do have a little something that hooks in the audience. Mm. They, they get the closest thing to kind of 
to, to get the crowd on their side. One thing I did like a lot was the delayed Hurricane Rana that Max Mini does. Oh, yeah. Like, it, you know, I thought Lita had a beautiful Hurricane Rana off the top. But let me tell you, Max Mini, just because of his size, he gets kind of caught and like almost stops in bullet yeah. time and does a big slow-mo spin around. And another thing that made me pop was Sonny doing the 10K in Spanish. Oh, I did not clock ah, that. Ah, that's good. Look at that. I couldn't count to 10 in Spanish. I yeah. was very impressed with that. <laughs> I literally wrote down here, I'm very impressed with Sonny. And then she literally turned right to them and said, Run against the ropes. <laughs> and then the guy ran to the ropes and they botched the spot. This is when they like, tried to do thing where she caught them, but then she kind of didn't. So she just, like, she just picked up Max Biddy. It's literally <laughs> interference on some <laughs> yeah. part. There was a bit where like she was supposed to jump and Max ran underneath her. Yes. And she didn't. She'd only lift, like, lifted up one leg, so he kind of like yeah. hit part of her and went off a bit off balance. But Did you hear the Chris Candido jive on commentary? No. Was she like small men? Yeah, JR was like, well, I hear oh. she likes short guys who didn't get over. <laughs> 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 Max Mini with the fucking corkscrew to the outside. Oh baby! Like, I think there's certain things though, like where it feels like there's a there's a logic and a flow. If you're gonna have six high flyers, Mini or otherwise, in a match in 2021, mm -hmm. and six people are gonna jump to the outside, there's gonna be some sort of a build up on it. But this is all over the place. Like you've got like someone does a dive, then Max Mini does a beautiful corkscrew, and yep. we get like four less good dives afterwards. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that where it felt like everyone was almost trying to get their own shit over. Yeah. But Max Mini was the obvious star of the yeah. group for more than one reason. We get the head scissor, the arm drag, and the Mahistral cradle from Max Mini, the fucking chain wrestler from this guy. Mm. Picks up the win over Tarantula. Sunny kneels and poses with the minis and cradles Max in her arms. There you go. A love as old as time itself. It was... Very disappointing this, and not because I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this. I was so here for Minnie's action, six man tag, absolutely. Sonny is the referee, and just like give me some, you know, I was expecting a bit more comedy, a bit more fun. I yeah. thought, you know, because there's a lot of very serious, dour stuff here tonight with mm -hmm. the main event and the rumble. I thought this would be a bit of levity, and it just didn't click. Maybe this is them kind of going, we don't want to have levity on the show anymore. We want it to be all like violence and sexy and all mm. that jazz. I feel like a big part of it is this was a very, very, very fun match in front of a like, silent crowd. Mm. Not make, and it made it feel really weird that they're doing these big spectacular sequences and moves. It was a bit to, clunky, to silence, I guess. You like, know, a little bit. But it I kind of expect better. that though. Because yeah. like, like, they don't usually work a WWF style, these guys. So it is, there's normally a little element of like clunk to it anyway. What do you think of this one, Bill? I enjoyed it. It wasn't their best out. I still think their first outing was my favourite. Yeah! Mm. Like, that proved that it can get over big time, and they've been chasing that since, it feels like. But I enjoyed this still. Was there anyone who's a standout for you? Is it Battalion just the, the best dressed man in wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed a lot. I, I enjoyed El Torito uh, and uh, Nova, but obviously it's, it's all about Max Mini. He's... Gotta be Max Mini, baby. I mean, this might be the last appearance. I don't know if we get them at No Way Out. In the next we definitely don't get them at WrestleMania, so yeah. there's one chance left, mm, I guess, to I see guess. more mini action. It, it, they went with it longer than I thought they would and it was definitely better than I thought it would be I mean literally like the last four times we've seen a minis division match we've been like well this is probably the last time we're yeah. going to yeah. see them now like, it, you know, it doesn't say much like the, the entire run of it we're like surprised to see it every yeah. single time, every time. Like, Vince McMahon is probably just as surprised who put these on the show what <laughs> backstage the nation of domination they want a slice of Stone Cold Steve Austin's ass and they have got with them the newest member of the Nation of Domination, the world's strongest man, 
Mark Henry's in the house. Here he is. He's back, baby. Yeah. He had one match with Mark where he came back on Raw. And they're like, here he is, Mark Henry, the Olympian. Look at him. He's a big boy. He's a big, big boy. And then the following week, he teamed up with Ken Shamrock when Ken was taking on the nation. And then he immediately turned on Ken yeah. and he joined up with them. And the story of this is, and this is going into that very slow burn of The Rock taking over the nation from Farouk is that The Rock recruited Big Mark and Farouk doesn't really want anything to do with this guy. He doesn't, no. He's like, why did, why, did you, why did you hire him? Like, yeah. Why is he in the group? And Rock's like, come on, look at him. He's fucking big. He's an Olympian. Size like. of him. Yeah. <laughs> and Farouk's like, but there's more to rest than, than being like, this guy's fucking shit. Like. You know whose thoughts I'd like to hear on this? Mark Henry. Ah. We never hear it. He fucking, that one match he had before he joined the nation, he came out and they made him wear a t-shirt under his singlet, like, like a, a shy kid at the pool. He looked so fucking mortified. And now it's like, come with us. Oh, oh over here. You're in the nation now, Mark. Mark's just like, okay, like you don't hear anything from him. He doesn't say word one about it. No. Here's, here's the question though. Could you do better for Mark Henry than sticking him in that group with those those four he studs? Ne- he needs to be with other people for sure. What if you're not putting him with the nation, you've got to put him with another group of some sort, I feel like. I feel like, yeah, the nation's got one thing on its plate at the moment, which is getting the rock up to be superstar status. Mm, yeah. And if Mark Henry learns a thing or two about wrestling, alright, I guess. Yeah. But as we know that doesn't happen. Get into the LOD. Oh baby, yes! Imagine Mark with the fucking shoulder straps. Yes, How fucking please. cool that would look. <laughs> we cut back up to the skybox where Mike Tyson is watching alongside WWF owner Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm-hmm. and his son Shane. There he is. Now Shane, this he's been on screen before as a referee, but I think yes. this is the first time he's been named as like that is Shane. That's the JR says that's Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't get into a big deal about it. He wasn't no, no. like, oh, that's his boy. It's like, no, Shane McMahon. Yeah. You know, he spoke less time talking about that than he does about Brian Christopher. Oh. Vince McMahon, not been on our screens as much mm. since before Screwjob. But he's certainly a character now. Uh, did you catch any of his other appearances, Adam, other than his... There was, it's time for the attitude. That's it. There was the attitude <laughs> one. There was a really fucking funny one around New Year where it was just like him sat in the stands by himself like before the show. It was like an empty arena. And he's just there like, we want to thank you all so much for watching the World Wrestling Federation. We're going to try really hard to put on a good show for the next 12 months. It's literally, it was so weird just seeing him be like, Thank you, everybody. Way to stand up for the WWF. There was one where he's like, the thing I'm most excited about for in 1998 is for great WWF fans to fill these stands and let us know how they like the show. Now, I will say a couple of things about this. Firstly, he straight up says in that Attitude Dawning promo, he does say, exercise parental discretion. Yes, yes, yes. Do not let your kids watch the layer bit. And At I will, the weekend, there are shows yes. that you can watch with your kids. Yeah. And he also says that Raw is War and The War Zone are different shows. Yes. And during the last kind of couple of months of, of, of the, the television program, more so than ever, they're like, they will literally say, good night, Raw's War is over. See yeah. you next week, folks. And then The War Zone starts. And it is a different show entirely. So there was an effort... I mean, limp as it was. This different show entirely is a bit of a stretch, but it's definitely like a post-water show. We're shed. trying to say yeah. that, We yeah. can say ass now, that kind of thing. Jerry like... Lawler's going to be on commentary. Steve <laughs> yeah. Austin's going to be here, yeah. pretty much. Exactly. But yeah, Vince does, I think, I always thought that Vince, it was strange how adamant he was that it was fine in all those promos he does in your interviews in 2000, 2001. I think in his mind, it's like, I like I crossed the fucking line. I, I stood up in front of a live audience and I said, here, 
don't let your kids watch yes. this. And he did. He did do that. Which no wrestling promoter has ever really no. done before or since. But what I just, the, the thing that sticks out to me more is, uh, once again, it's the retelling of events where it was like, and after Montreal, he became the evil Mr. McMahon. The came back. He, the, the evil dictator mm. of the World Wrestling Federation. You see him being like, I want to thank you so much to all of our beautiful, wonderful fans for watching <laughs> our show. Like, he's being so nice yeah, at the minute. It seems like it's not going to actually happen until Austin gets the belt. I think that's it. It's going to be WrestleMania is where it really picks up. But if you remember one of the first things we talked about in this on season one was the original Vince McMahon who goes up against Steve Austin he isn't Vince McMahon as we know it he's the soft spoken proud owner of the world wrestling quite yeah. frankly and, Mr. Austin and your, your language your Mr. Austin it's, it's that's the, who he is it's here it's the pissing of the pants that <laughs> that's the last bit of goodness his, leaked out of him that's, that's his joker <laughs> origin <laughs> pissing his pants like. <laughs> yeah he got he got lowered into a vat of piss didn't yeah. he and then he came out as, 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 and he looks like the joker <laughs> oh, I'm excited about this one, folks. Coming up next, it is the brand new Intercontinental Champion, the People's Champion, The Rock. Or as he's known, The Rock, Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Take it on last month's main eventer, Ken Shamrock. Aww. Ken Shamrock, he was given one promo about losing to Shawn Michaels, and he fucked it up. He went, Shawn Michaels, I knew you, I had you beat. I had you in my toehold and I knew you couldn't get... It's an ankle lock, Ken! Toehold! 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 And he did it with his toehold! <laughs> and The Rock, who's now the IC champ, how this man won the belt is the best <gasps> way... Out. Do you know how he's become no. champ, Phil? So Steve Austin was the champion yep. and he came out and he's like, I want to be WWF champion and get your IC belly <laughs> piece of shit to get out of here! And he, he gave it to The Rock, and The Rock is like, now I'm the Intercontinental Champ. Oh, and so then, The Rock didn't actually beat anyone. No, he gave the belt <laughs> to The Rock. And then he took the belt back off The Rock, and the next week he threw it in the, off the bridge into the water. So he made it clear that, like, you are the champion, like, let the record show that you are the champion. Give me that <laughs> It's yours, lol. <laughs> and then that was it for The Rock and Austin. That feud, that, that's that pretty much done with like, yeah they kind of they just didn't do anything else they tantalised you a little bit like he threw the belt in the river and then the rock got the belt back and that was it you don't hear any more about Austin and Rock but compared to all the other times Austin was on a bridge where it was like some big kind of like you know he's brought someone here or someone's yeah. brought him here you know it's this big kind of iconic thing Literally, Austin's just like, I'm here at the bridge. I'm throwing in your piece of trash belt. He throws in, like, loads of stuff. He's like, Scooby I got gear. some dabbing gear. Yeah. I got, I got a, a, my collection of National Geographics. Like, <laughs> I got a big thing of gravy. He's polluting this. Yeah, fucking, honestly. He seemed like such a dick doing yeah. it for no reason at all. It's great. Ken Shamrock has beaten all the nation, but the new man on the scene is Mark Henry. And, uh, yeah, we are... Chatting now with The Rock, Michael Cole is backstage with The Rock and The Nation. Kind of uh, basically recaps what yeah. happened earlier on. We go with a promo from Cole to recap to an earlier promo they did in the pre-show. Yes. But yeah, Cole sends it right back to earlier on. Yep. When he was talking with KK's Bizarre Adventure, Ooh. Kevin Kelly. Uh, that was that was from me, but that was for Billy. You yeah, know? so that was kind of like inter-ranch inter For, for the listener, they're both looking at me now as if to say, go on. Blow your lid, like, and if you listen to SmackDown Crawl, you'll know that I'm fucking done now, baby. Cosif co-star, come um, on. 
I would have thought that Kevin Kelly here is a little bit of the battle tendency, isn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, he's got that, you I'm know. I'm above it. I'm above this silliness now. And Billy, I hope you enjoyed your special hardback golden wind that I got Ooh, you. Thank as, you. As a, you, wouldn't under, you wouldn't understand. Like, you know, you literally wouldn't Oh, it's the, the double fifth. whammy. If you don't it's get the fifth volume. If you don't get like, Kevin Kelly and you don't like JoJo, so I'll just fucking show myself out <laughs> now, shall I? Get my own podcast. So. <laughs> The Rock, I thought here in this promo, was more like The Rock than he was at WrestleMania 14. Yeah, it's yes. so weird that when we get to 14 with Jennifer Flowers, he seems way worse He's than he is He's intimidated by yeah. Jennifer. Like, yeah. That's all it was. He, he, he makes reference to Paula Jones, which is a topical reference. Yeah, I started watching American Crime Story season yeah. three, so yeah. So the day before this pay-per-view... Okay. Oh, a chill just went down my spine. <laughs> uh, accused... Bill Clinton of sexual harassment. Oh wow, another Bill Clinton story. Yeah, so, okay. so yeah, that's yeah, there were many. So, yeah, yeah wow. He, he was he was a dirty old dog. In. <laughs> and The Rock weighs in on this. It's so funny. The Rock is like, he, he's as bad as the outlaws coming out being like, your local sports team yeah. has check citation needed. And The Rock here is basically like, well, The Rock. He has a subscription to USA Today. I'm not going to read it. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> but I will thumb through it and do some of the headlines. And he just goes, don't be silly. Cover it, Willie. <laughs> and it's funny because Willie is like a Mickey, which is also yeah. like Bill Clinton. Oh, Vincent. shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like your ding dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rock coming out. No nation with him. He's on his own some here tonight. And this Rock, this is the Rock you get the entrance to to be 13, where he's coming out, you pointing at everyone, yeah. shouting. He's just there now, isn't yes. he? He's just 100% there. Just grabs the mic, fucking 10 second promo, mm-hmm. gets the crowd completely, straight away, all booze. That's it. The, the, Who can turn a crowd like that? The voice is not there and the mannerisms is not all there, but the energy and the ability is just so amazing. Like, when you look at how he was at the start of season four, I can't believe how quickly this has come around. It's a matter of months. Like, yeah. It's not as if, like, oh, he was there applying the craft, getting better and better. It's like, no, he was shit. And then, like, literally, the next week, he was really good, and yeah. now he's excellent. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, I think it's just fine-tuning and polishing it from That's here what it is on out, point, you know? Yeah. Like, he gets this crowd riled up by saying, I'm the best damn Intercontinental Champ that there ever was. Yep. And everyone's, like, dying to kill him yeah. because he said that. Didn't use any slurs, mm. didn't use any hateful words, didn't do any racist impressions, nothing like that, kept it simple. Oh, my God, the Kenster coming out here, looking real Jack, baby. Oof. Uh, there's one thing more scary than Ken Shamrock coming out being all yeah it's when he comes out all quiet for I'm here to beat the rock tonight and I will destroy him with my toe holes oh <laughs> stop it oh toe hold Steve Austin <laughs> <laughs> yeah toe holds my boy <laughs> JR on commentary putting over Ken Shamrock a lot saying the ultimate fighting champion many of them consider to be one of the greatest ultimate fighting champions of all time you know, the name that comes into that question king is Dan the Beast Severn yeah. And he lets it, lets it sit there Let and hang. moves on. Mm. They were bigging up his brother, Frank Shamrock, getting a title yeah, shot in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, also on Raw, I couldn't believe this. This blew my mind. At Raw on one point, I think it may have been during a Shamrock match, they were like, oh, and don't forget, the Ultimate Fighting Championship coming up this weekend. On screen graphic, here's how to order the pay per view. JR giving you detailed instructions. Here's how to watch UFC. Like, so fucking bizarre. Yeah, they kind of went off ECW. Now, now it's UFC. Yeah. That's what they're all it's about. New boy. Like, fucking hell. This this matchup, like these two, any mm. combination of them, I'm always going to be here for. I fucking was chomping at the bit to watch these two wrestle. Yeah. And it kind of felt like these lads had been to the future and already knew how good their matches were and then deliberately are holding back here because like this isn't quite the extent of the wrestlemania match or the king of the ring match 
but it's still really, really good. I feel like it kind of it builds towards that. That's almost. it. It feels like they know that this is going to be a long-term rivalry because they're going to be doing this into the summer of this year. Yeah. So they've got to save something for the big payoff down the road. I said to point out at 38 minutes and 7 seconds, Ken made an amazing noise in this oh. one. He went for a Hurricane Rana. He got blocked by the rock into a hot shot. He turned him into the ropes and Ken just went, Time! Oh, beautiful. Well, I'll tell you right now, we've got our grunt of the night in this Ooh, match baby. right here, Is this baby. Ken's... A, Ken's a, uh, he's got to be on that ballot, it's, Adam. It's not Ken tonight, baby. It's, Ooh. again, The Rock. No. The Rock's... Yeah, that's what it is. The Rock's, no. the Rock's character may be so good these days, but he still hasn't shaken off those grunty nerves in the ring. Oh, my dad's watching. Oh. He gives Ken... <laughs> <laughs> Leave us some butthead <laughs> You join the nation of domination <laughs> The Rock kicks Ken in the gut And he makes this noise <laughs> Mo! Mo! Like an old man falling over or something. Mo! It's a proper Hank Hill noise isn't it? <laughs> Did I tell you when I was in school One time uh, I was walking down the stairs to breakfast And an 85 year old priest Just fell down the stairs right in front of me <laughs> He made, he made that noise with, oh! and I was the only one there. And I was like, I'm going to get done in for murder. Like, this lad. And he, he, he face planted and he stood up and went, I'm okay. <laughs> and uh, I was a pallbearer at his funeral. Uh, felt a bit weird. Jesus. So he wasn't okay. I was going to say, yeah. He <laughs> oh, no, died just, from his injuries. Two, two years later, but he was a bit, he was like fucking nearly seven foot. So like, right, give us all the tall boys. You carry him. Like, <laughs> all right then, you know. Why were you the pallbearers? Was he buried on this fucking oh, school ground? No, I wasn't the pallbearer. I was the head of the procession. I had to carry the cross. <laughs> Fuck me. But the problem is, right, I don't know how the Undertaker's druids do this because I was at the front walking. And like, I didn't know you had to stop. So I was just walking and someone had to go, Kevin, stop. And I looked around and I was like, oh shit. Like, I was right in the middle with this big crucifix. You know, with a fucking guard of honor, like a mile behind me, there's some fucking. Can, can you can you can you imagine our, our like fucking Protestant state schools? I know. Like you, you, the geography teacher died. Right, carry the coffee. You, like you, you that's lads, so fucking you bizarre. lads have to have a job on the day. I'm imagining this is like before a rugby match or something. Like, <laughs> you bury him on the pitch. Like. All right, great. Get the SCT out here to bury to dig his grave. It'll be good. It's good cardio for him. Like, you know. This is mostly tit-for-tat offense that we have here. Both guys are getting in lots of offense, which I think is important because I think The Rock, because of his character, could easily be like the, the coward who gets beat up and never does anything. Mm. But in this match, I'm not sure if it's Ken who can do it and he's there for him, but these swinging DDTs, I swear we've not seen them like this with yeah. The Rock yet, where the crowd are going like, oh, and JR is like jumping out of the seat when The Rock hits them swinging DDTs. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I think it's one of the best goddamn DDTs variants variants mm. that there is in wrestling. So good. Yeah, it's very athletic. Uh, of course, then The Rock immediately ruins it by putting Ken Shamrock in a headlock so loose that Ken could probably get his entire trapezoid, his entire fucking chest and shoulders through it because it's like, <laughs> The Rock is barely even holding that guy in there. It's ridiculous. We have Ken getting worked over, but he manages to get back on offense by countering the second swingy DDT into a sweet Northern Lights suplex. Mm. I think Shamrock ever gets remembered as like a suplex guy or a guy who did bridges. Oh, but his man. suplexes are sick though. They're so yeah. good. Them bridges, boy. That's fucking incredible. Uh, he snaps. I say he snaps. He just went, Dah! And he's doing L that Little more. snap. Little snapperino. Hurricane Rana. Fucking beautiful. Nation Domination come out to interfere. And I don't know if this was intentional or not. D'Lo got kind of like trapped in the ropes. I feel like that must have been intentional because that's what keeps the referee so busy for a yeah. minute now. This was 
One of my favourite finishes ever. I thought this was ingenious, inventive, hilarious, heartbreaking. Because I didn't know who won this. I was like, I know that goes back and forth a bit. I fucking hated it. Really? I I fucking hated it. I love this. I I hated it in the sense of I got worked really fucking hard. And it made me fucking furious. Wasn't even work for me. No. No. Like. Alright, tell me what happens then, Bill. Let's go go through it blow by blow. Rock pulls out the brass nuts. And the referee's distracted with D'Lo and the gang. Um, yeah, yeah. He hits Ken with them and then takes them off and puts them in Ken's trunks. Mm-hmm. Goes for the pin, but Ken kicks out. And then what move did Ken do? Ken does a belly to belly. Ken, yeah. Ken does a belly to belly and then gets the pin. Ken gets given the belt, goes onto the top rope to celebrate, and the Rock goes to Kyoda and says, He's got brass. He's got so brass. Nice. And Kyoda's like, Okay, I believe you then. Yeah. And he listens to the Rock for some and reason. And then, 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 you know, tells Ken, who to this point does not notice this fucking metal on his penis. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> until this point. And then pulls it out, and the, 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 the match is, uh, the result of the match is overturned by disqualification. And then Ken goes, Kentel, and he destroys yeah. everyone. Yeah. He, he now, kills Kyoda. The reason I dislike this finish is it, beca- it because it makes the organization of the WWF <laughs> look like they don't have a Are fucking Are you saying Gorilla Monsoon's got egg on his face, Billy? Yeah. Like it, it, it makes them as an organization look stupid. Yeah, fair. That, that, you know, they've got these people in the back who are supposed to, in kayfabe, yeah. be in charge, and no one's come out and said to Kyoda... And they've left it entirely up to Kyoda. Is that idiot Sergeant Slaughter? He's not trying to show her. Just to me, it felt sort of like imagine if in football they only used VAR when it benefited the baddie football teams, and <laughs> yeah. like the, 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 the good guys never get away with like justice or anything because it's only the bad guys that can use yeah, their yeah. advantage. That's what I didn't like. Is that like if if a goodie was trying to tell the referee, oh, I just got screwed because they cheated, the ref wouldn't listen. Like but I Kyoda don't mind. Yeah. I don't here. mind a dusty finish. Well, that's what it is. Is it's giving it the crowd what they finish. want, yeah. then taking it. I, I don't mind a dusty finish, but I don't like it done this way. Right. Because it 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 seems it's very it's too lazy. There should the, the I know obviously the the final say is on the ref, but the fact that there's no one who you know is supposed to be in charge of these yeah, referees yeah. who says actually when especially when you're supposed to have you, you're supposed to have a face G like GM in the back. Technically, mm. Slaughter is a face, I guess. Yeah. So, Probably. like, where's where was Slaughter to come well, they're, out? They're and say, always quick to say that, like, he is inco- like Slaughter is actually incompetent. Like, you know, that that is like they don't hide that fact that like shit goes on. That is like that's crap. What I liked about it, and again, it is like it's an indictment of like you know that that you can't take the refs or the matchmakers or the stipulations very seriously and all that. I just like that the Rock found a way. To get them both, like, whatever it was, character points, XP, mm-hmm. heel alignment, face alignment. But I felt we got a finish where The Rock was came across as being dastardly, a coward, but also, like, smart in a way that other wrestlers generally rarely get to actually be. No one's ever stuffed the nooks in their opponent's shorts. That was it. It was like The Rock. And it was also as well, by doing that, The Rock was saying, like, I don't think I'm going to beat this fucker by knocking him out with brass nooks. Mm. I know this guy's a killer and he'll so probably get back braces. up. And lo and behold, he does. But what I liked is, it's not the case that, like, Ken was just like, wait, what? Oh, no. Oh, jeez, I'm DQ'd. When they point out to Ken, you've got big nooks near your big dick there. Mm-hmm. He freaks out. He's like, what are you saying? And he, and because he, he gets so angry and he grabs the ref, the ref is straight away like, all right, you're obviously guilty, mate. Yeah. And then that's what causes the DQ. Mm. So it's kind of like, because Ken was Ken, this happened. And it's only happened to Ken because The Rock was The Rock. 
and seeing as we have WrestleMania, which has a similar the same finish, thing almost, and then that that makes King of the actually, if anything, it just makes King of the Ring a bit depressing because that should have been like Ken Shamrock with a rocket to the moon. Yes, and Jr. said it in this match, but I don't think he'll be saying it for much longer that this man is the future of the WWE because I don't think he was saying that at WrestleMania somehow. No, but Ken is still kind of in that zone, but I think you can tell. He's not, he's not an Ahmed Johnson. Like They still have, obviously, faith in him. But they I don't do. think yeah. they think that he's going to be a world champion. Like Aww. I think Shawn Michaels has had a word in the ear, whatever it is. Yeah. He's still, ultimately, Brett's guy, isn't he, I guess. But I enjoyed the match. I thought it was great because I knew yeah. what comes after it. I know you guys had any extra thoughts on that one. Just great chemistry, these two. They, they work so well together. Yeah, for sure. Backstage, the newest members of D-Generation X, Los Periquez. They're looking for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they instead find DOA because they're bald. Yep. Yeah, they've run up behind Skull. Like, guys, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah. And I let us all down by not realizing this. Oh. We did have another departure because of the Montreal screw job. Oh, whoa. Who, who, who left? Crush is gone, guys. And oh, no. oh yeah, Crush, yeah. Crush is gone. Oh, yeah. And what yeah. is is I didn't notice last episode because James is there and I was like, oh there he is. Yeah. And and he's different, he is. And yeah. he went he went to WCW apparently in part it says in, in so- part in solidarity. In solidarity with Fuck Brad. off, did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm taking a stand too, actually. And yeah. Vince, what I want is you to only have enough insurance for three of those tiny bikes. <laughs> <laughs> so Crush ain't here anymore. DOA down to three men but the Bruikas are officially bannermen of D-Generation X they've been taking the payout from Shawn Michaels to, to help them beat up some of their adversaries yeah. as well a big big segment where they bet them down together also bannermen the New Age Outlaws officially yep. teamed up with DX yep. and at the end of the segment where they beat down it was the LOD they all beat down together they, the, the show ended raw with Shawn Michaels going huh the New Age Outlaws that's mm, okay and then the next week he comes out wrong and goes, Ladies and gentlemen, the two newest members of DX. And then he looked at China's new breast implants. And yeah. then they were like, Hey, look at those. And, and you think like, Dude. oh, they're going to make some hints about it. But China's got new breasts. Like they're just literally on the nose <laughs> and pointing at And Joni's there like, yeah. I, did, I, did, I didn't realise we were going to make this bigger for us. The, the line of the night was Triple H going, If China had a nipple for every time someone mentioned her new breasts, she'd be a millionaire. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> a nipple? Mate, alright. I, I wouldn't mind being a millionaire. That's not a bad aspiration, I guess, but I don't want a million nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks like some, some sort of eldritch being. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the beast of a thousand nipples. Like. <laughs> So, yeah, we got a little bit of gang warfare going on in the back. But coming up next, it is those new DX-affiliated but not membered. It's New Age Outlaws. They don't have their special jackets yet with the patch on them. The NAO are taking on the LOD for the Tag Team Championship. We got a big, 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 I'm going to say memorial package almost. But, yeah, we're having all of these things where... There's like a cool down period. You can disrespect the LOD so much and then you have to like take them off TV for three weeks and to build the meter back up, you have to play a really sappy video package. They are powerful. They are indestructible. They are champions. Oh, get up there. He did the 
They are Tag Team Wrestling. The Icons. They are powerful. They are indestructible. They are champions. No, they're literally not champions. <laughs> <laughs> they've not been champions for a while now. Did you guys get the sad music for when Hawk's mo when Hawk's hair was shaved? Yeah, yeah. His head shaved in slow motion. Yeah, really, so that really weird. made me laugh. One of his mohawks. Oh. Yeah, and I like how he hasn't shaved the other side for no, symmetry. And so he, he came out pointing at it like I'm still upset. <laughs> <laughs> so. I always thought there was some great kind of story about like the New Age Outlaws finally getting their name, mm. you know, because it's like, oh, you know, I think the idea was that they were kind of always running away and high ten out of here. And Jim Ross literally on commentary like two or three weeks before this went, well, the way these men have been acting recently, Jerry Lawler, many people calling them essentially the New Age Outlaws because of the way they've been acting. And that's okay. it. He just, wow. just calls them that. Like. Fair enough. So there was, they are. Was, that, was that an ad lib on Jim's part? No, or? no, that was, I think they were decided that's what they wanted to be called. Mm. Like, I think New Age Outlaws is a great fucking name. Yeah, it works. It works you perfectly know? for them, yeah. And uh, in spite of myself, I absolutely am enamored with them. I'm oh. loving it. I absolutely am. <laughs> they're, they're eking towards that bullshit point where them being told week on week that they're the greatest tag team in the history of the World Wrestling Federation and like, mm. we have to actually watch matches like that. But them being two punks who by rights should get the shit beat out of them, and how mm. dare they attempt to wrestle. <laughs> I'm here for it, man, let me it's, tell you. It's still too much for me on the same show where you've got those two punks in the main event who by rights should have the shit kicked out of them every week. Like. And on that note, Adam, you get to take us through this. Thanks. <laughs> I wasn't Thanks, setting up, I Thank swear. Like. Thanks, pal. <laughs> So the New Age Outlaws come out in fucking... Adam, you gotta bring it up. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so the New Age Outlaws come out. <laughs> and you're not gonna believe it. They're wearing they're wearing the colours of the Green Bay Packers. No! Alex Thompson. Not them. Apparently the Green Bay Packers eliminated the nearby San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. So the crowd are really unhappy to see these colours on display here. That's basically sacrilege for the 49ers fans mm. cut backstage and animal cuts literally one of the most inscrutable it was literally a burn it, do the burn it. i couldn't catch a word of it this time i honestly i dread for the day i'm going to do a legion of doom episode or road warriors episode for how to wrestling because oh. the amount of times where joe has been like in the next room and an animal promo has come on and she's like how's that like, like how's that acceptable like how can someone <laughs> like put the camera on that and then be like good job you did it like <laughs> you hit all the bullet points there the major themes of the promo were all established they're out there the hell on a dial dumble what is he i didn't catch a word of it dial dumble something, I, like, something that. like that also can i just say i remember wrestlemania 14 when that comes around all three of us being like, whoa, this is going to be a big deal because it's the big return of the Legion of Doom 2000. Like, you know, a long... Like, when they, when they took him out, 
they killed them. And they had Shawn Michaels and Triple H like, put them through tables. Hawk was frothing at the mouth. Like. We're, we're talking about a WrestleMania. A month, we're a month and a half away from oh, WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania, they made a big fuss about LOD 2000. The icons, the legends, they're back in the WWF. So they're going away again between now and then. Yeah, and that's they're going to be gone for like six weeks. Or they're going to shave the other part of Hawk They're going to come back with Chrome and with Sonny, and that's going to be the big fucking selling point. I assumed... They would be gone for a good stretch to make their comeback a big deal. But Jeez, that makes this here. match even more depressing. This somehow even more depressing. Just, just you fucking watch. They're going to be in no way out as well. Like yeah. still, re- they're going to be gone for like a fortnight before WrestleMania. I uh, one thought I'd have about this promo backstage is I want to see Luna and uh, and Hawk do a duet. Oh, we were talking about a party party show. <laughs> you want to take like a 20 minute break now <laughs> also one thing I want to say about the New Age Outlaws the best thing about those sports references is they're timeless you know and they, they last Absolutely. a lifetime you know yeah. because mm-hmm. even if you weren't a 49ers fan you'd remember that particular bit of business with the 49ers in early 1998 Absolutely you know you would. it holds up all four men start going at it straight away. Animal hits Road Dog with a big old power bomb, and the New Age Outlaws immediately just try and run away. I love that start. Yeah, where JR's like, "It's gonna be over," and like Billy had to save Road Dog, like yeah. one power bomb would do a bit. And JR did refer to them, and this was an amazing JRism I'd not heard before. That they were tougher than weak old bread. Oh, <laughs> that's such a yes. Bilbo Baggins Hobbit line. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, Bilbo. That dragon's hide is as tough as weak old bread. <laughs> <laughs> the LOD give chase, and immediately the sun comes up and turns them all to stone. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls. <laughs> Legion Doom drag the New Age Outlaws back down the ramp into the ring, and Road Dog immediately. We are like. 30 seconds in the match and Road Dogs on his knees going, I'm begging you, please come to me. The King, I think, said that the Legion of Doom had written off more times than a business lunch. Oh, damn. No, that was JR said that one. That was fucking brilliant. Like, Matt, you know, it's just, that guy's like, he's got like, he's got a sharp fucking mind in 1998. Oh, yeah. You know, I know he goes away in 1999, but man, I think this is peak Jim Ross in my opinion, maybe. I don't know. The content of like, of the show means that he ends up saying a lot of kind of cringy stuff in retrospect. Yeah. Maybe that earlier WCW Jim Ross is a little bit more pure, but this is my Jim Ross right here. We've maybe just passed the peak, I think, yeah. in terms of quality, because now he's getting a little bit insufferable where he's like, Stone Cold, everybody! I love Stone Cold! And he's becoming very, very babyface now, JR and is. The one thing, I, I, I can't believe this has happened to me, like, fucking 20-something years after the fact that I feel like all affected by the Montreal screw job. Mm. But when they have bits like Jericho, Shawn Michaels beat uh, Bret Hart with the sharpshooter controversial fashion but he beat him with a shot oh. like, he's two or three times he said that on yeah. TV I'm like stop it you're meant to be one of the good ones <laughs> bastards so Road Dog's begging off and Animal gets him in like some sort of chin lock on the ground nothing major but somehow Road Dog's got the sauce and all this red goo is just dribbling <laughs> out of his mouth it's fucking horrible <laughs> Road Dog actually did stuff this match. Yeah. Which is so rare you know? for the New Age Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Did though? Because Animal's back is meant to be like injured. They're saying that he, he mm. doctor said he shouldn't compete. He does them fucking soccer kicks into his back. Yeah. He, there's no work there. He's just kicking the man in the yeah. back. He yeah, but horrible. it's considerably more work than he was doing with their face. Like, yeah, man. that's true. It's the worst thing that happened to these lads is becoming face. Road Dog gives Animal a thumb to the eye, which means he can get a quick ass to Mr. Tag. There you go, Kevin. Hey! I'm eating your lunch today, baby. And Billy comes in, literally the first thing he does is he comes in and he goes, Son of a bitch! <laughs> 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 
I love that. I <laughs> That's actually, so great. You know, when I saw you know, some live wrestling, you know, when I first moved to Manchester, the thing that struck me was like everyone who was in the ring in this small kind of, you know, uh, smaller setting, they were making noises like, you know, they go for a big swingle, son of a, or like, get yeah. over here, you know, or I'll have one of these. Love that. That, that, you know, I need that in wrestling. When people are wrestling mm-hmm. silently, it's actually really fucking strange. Nah, give me them sound you know? bites, baby. I love that JR refers to the road dog as being an obstinate young man. I went to the thesaurus for this one. Uh-huh. I found out it was actually synonym for deviousness. Yeah. Uh, it's what obstinate. Deviousness. 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 Deviousness alpha or deviousness bravo? Obstinance is alpha and obstinance is bravo. <laughs> <laughs> On the outside, Road Dog whips Animal into the ring steps, which looks really fucking sore, and they just keep working over the bad back, like you say. In the ring, Jimmy Corderas has lost all control. Yeah. It's literally, I'm it's embarrassed no, at how bad it's, it's, it's genuinely like, it's not like, oh Sonny's my god. Sonny's better than him. That's it. It's not like, oh my god, the chaos of the World Wrestling Federation is like, no, this is an incompetent referee. Yeah. Mm. You need to sort your shit out, Jimmy. <laughs> I tell you, when Road Dog he, he handcuffs Hawk, he Hawk cuffs him. Oh yeah, Hawk like tries to do a spear to Road Dog in the corner. Road Dog jumps out of the way and Hawk like a fucking bullet bill right into the post. And then Road Dog pounces on him and handcuffs him to the post. This is one of the best handcuff spots I've ever it's seen. Really this is great, yeah. This yeah. is really sad. Like, like Hawk looks miserable when he's there and he's yeah. held, and the whole time he's trying to pull on it. And how many times have we seen pay per views or, or matches where someone's meant to be handcuffed and then like it falls off or they're like yeah, yeah and it doesn't. Oh. Hawk is proper. Well, doesn't open again. Cough, Roman cough. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> but Hawk was there, like he was popping a vein, and like yeah, he was like, yeah. And, and when he finally and, popped it off, and then like coupled that with him having to watch Animal have that absolute shit knocked out. Of I never felt too. like that emotion well, for the Legion of Doom ever. You know, yeah. I felt like with the Dudley Boys in Royal Rumble 2001, like these guys, you're not normally meant to feel sorry for them, but it mm. felt special to feel sorry for them here. It does become that, because it, it, that, that's the obvious story. It's like, oh no, Hawk's handcuffed, and Animal's yeah. got a bad back, so this is going to be really tragic. But there is still a good two minutes where it's like, Animal's just like, oh well, and he's just beating <laughs> up both of them on his own. Animal does a big, horrible looking slam to Billy Gunn, and he's about to get the three, and then Road Dog says fuck it brings a steel chair in DQ hits him on the back and then it becomes them pummeling animal with a chair and Hawk is just stuck there like shaking it was great because in. like the furthest thing from your mind at the end then was who won the match or whatever no. you just wanted to see Hawk get out of there and get 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 animal safe uh, which he I, does and it was a huge yeah, moment I'm, I'm locked out when he just fucking yanked it off yeah it made like it made it made sense like, you know, it, it made sense because it, they were a legendary team and they made you feel like they were a legendary team. And even if you're rolling your eyes a bit at that snappy video package, the emotion of the audience, it was all there. And I thought That's it was it. actually a pretty flawless piece of business right there. The one thing I will say, though, is move over fucking Undertaker, who we've went after in this season of being a horrific chairman. Oh. If the road dog Jesse James came at you with a steel chair in 98, you're getting fucking crowned, let me tell you. Absolutely. Oh my, did you see? He, he'd been doing it to Mick Foley every yeah. week. Yeah. But when he whacked them with the chair, they, like one shot and it's fucking balls Mahoney at the end of a 20 minute match. Oh. Jesus Christ. I mean, then Hawk comes back in, he makes the save, and he, he smashes Road Dog, gives him a taste of his own medicine. He gives him a professional chair shot like, by comparison. But, but two back to back. Road Dog doesn't go down after the first one, he has to take two. And the New Age Outlaws, they won by DQ, they're all like battered and bruised, and they're walking away with the titles. And JR's like, 
oh, they're just lucky. They're just lucky they got away. Mate, they fucking cheated. Yeah. They disqualified <laughs> themselves. Then, then we have this like really sweet moment of Hawk like kind of cradling Animal. Like, and, ben yeah. An- yeah. and Ben Animal just stands up and acts like, what's wrong? <laughs> Stop selling, brother. There is, there is uh, a path here, I feel, where you can do the breakup angle and bring in draws and it means mm. a lot. And it's very earnest and endearing. Mm. But I think something, it's between... Russo wanted to make this a schlocky show. And he's got this thing in his head that he wants to play with his wrestling figures and disrespect yeah. this old tag team. And I think Animal is obviously taking himself more seriously than at any point in his career. And Hawk just seems game for a laugh. Yeah. yeah. And I think those combustible elements together give us like I I couldn't believe I was feeling this, feeling this like yeah. pure yeah. wrestling emotion mm. for these two. For these two, knowing how like oh like miserable cringe horror show bollocks yeah. we're going to get in it's a few gonna months. Bad. It's going to be real bad in 98 for the Legion yeah. Gym. I, I Keys loved, ain't even here yet. Like oh. I loved this match. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed the New Age Outlaws yes! in this match. <laughs> I really enjoyed the LOD in this match. It was just like two teams I've never cared for. Yeah. The, the best item from either team we've ever seen on, on the show. It's hard to argue with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. They was... should never have been face. I know. Yeah. They should have been. They, they wanted to sell T-shirts. That yeah. was simply and they it. Did. Like, they and did. They did. Yeah. Third biggest sellers of the Attitude Era yeah. were the New Age Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Road Dog just didn't feel like doing it anymore. So yeah. just fucking. Just I'd sooner just you know get worked over for a bit and have a lie down and let Billy do, do everything. Yeah. It's amazing that we're watching the New Age Outlaws doing their best stuff, and this is before Billy Gunn has got the famous uh, Road Dog has got Shake Rattle and Roll or the Shake yeah. like any yeah. of their shifts. None of their actual in ring shit. Yeah. And they're still coming out to do 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 do. Have, have you paged anyone recently? <laughs> do, 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 do 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 do. Are you on AOL? Do, do, do. <laughs> well. After that very emotional piece of business, we've got some very important business to take care of backstage. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? I mean, who won the fucking pickup truck worth $30,000? Yeah, by guessing the weight of every wrestler on the roster. Is that what it was? No, it's not. <laughs> they, they guessed how many wrestlers were in the jar. And our Donovan, Donovan from Baltimore, Maryland, he's standing by. Our, how much does this guy weigh? I... Honestly, I was so let down because I was hoping for like another million dollar chance where it's like, yeah, let's make a big fucking song and dance out of this. And it was just like, uh, Mildred Bowers, you win a truck, I guess. And that's it. Like, yeah, Mildred was on the phone being like, no, thank you. Nothing. <laughs> but I did a little research. Billy, I believe you've looked into who Mildred Bowers is as well, right? What yeah, happened with this like, truck? I tried to find stuff and like I found on Squared Circle years ago, there was like, there was a video, there was a video on YouTube of basically her talking about the truck and stuff but it had been taken off it's oh I found the video it, it's, or unlisted it's on an episode of Raw before the next pay-per-view ah, I think we'll okay. get to see Mildred Bowers in living colour on TV but I know she won it f- she didn't watch wrestling but her grandson did oh because yeah. they were saying she was having a pay-per-view party uh, back home there and she didn't take the cash she took the truck wow. like, and you see footage of her driving around in the stone cold truck like on the freeway and stuff having the time Jesus. of her life did you find out anything else about Mildred? No, not a lot more. There is also, this is not verified, we don't know this is 100% her. Urban legend. But it seems likely the dates line up, the, the locations line up, and it's also very in character for a lady with a Stone Cold 316 truck. I've got a headline here from 2017. A 103-year-old woman says beer is the answer to a long life. <laughs> Mildred Bowers has a few what? <laughs> Mildred Bowers has a few secrets that she attributes with getting to such a ripe age, including her jeans and a nice cold glass of beer. <laughs> One every day, in fact. 
Bowers has a beer every afternoon at the assisted living facility where she lives. At 316. <laughs> Bowers says she's in good health and has a good mind. Wow. So if that's not the old lady that won the Austin truck, I don't know who it is. Like. Well, fuck me. That is incredible. I want that to be true. I don't care It's got to it be, right? It's got to be. That's amazing. Fucking hell. Who knew the fancy of youth was just a glass of beer and a big old truck? <laughs> Coming up next, it is now time for the Royal Rumbus match, which means it's now time for much of me in each of these. Yay! So, does that mean we're now going to get 30 poems in one? 30 poems, <laughs> one anthology. And Adam, when it comes to much of me in each of these, it really is all about the numbers. Uh, so you got a few million people who died in World War II oh, here. Jesus Christ. Uh, I asked <laughs> fucking war poem. I asked Joe to pick one out that she thought might be might be appropriate for the Royal Rumble. Uh, mm-hmm. So it threw the book well, here. The, the World War II was the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, it, I, I heard that over seven hundred big shows died in World War II. So this one is called Too Young. Oh, Jesus oh, no. Christ! Look, I've, no! I've already, I've already said it once. We got to keep the energy up, guys. All right. Please. He was too young to die. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> oh so cold, Steve Austin. That is. Yeah. No, 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 no. Joe's got a post over here. It says replace die with eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Okay. Okay. He was too young to be eliminated from the Royal Rumble, but he heard the call of bugles and had to do his part for country, families, and friends. Knowing deep within his heart, the part of life that war suspends and tries so hard to blast apart is what a soldier defends. He was too young to be eliminated from the Royal Rumble, but he stood tall, through battered and harried, under each barrage they fired. But he could have been tarried. There were girls to be admired, one he would have married, and children he might have sired. But he was too young to be eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Too young to fall, with both feet hitting the floor, (laughs) with anger that would not cease. Yet he had dreams still unfurled. And but for fate's caprice. Ooh, a nice caprice salad though, right? You know. Who knows? He might have been given to the world the secret of everlasting peace. He was too young to be eliminated from the Royal Rumble. But aren't they all? So, three men, one ring. The winner goes to... WrestleMania 14 in Boston! I legitimately, no joking, I had the final images of Black Adder goes forth playing in my <laughs> head over that entire poem. Uh, we use fucking imagery like that to sell bread back in Ireland. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold said so. What's he doing? Look out! Oh, hell 
Mr. Nice Guy until after this Rumble. Think if you think you can win the Rumble, give me a hell yeah, and I give a all the hell yeah. Everybody's going to come after him tonight, and you know what? He deserves it. So, Steve Austin's a marked man. Why is that? Because he's a fucking dickhead, that's why. This package. I love this, it's the best thing ever. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> he... Have no doubt about it, people. I like, it's not as if he's just going out like hitting a stutter on the headbangers or the Godwins. He's doing that, but it's yeah. like, any other Marvel superstar. Hey, Ken Shamrock, whip bad. Hey, Mankind, whip bad. Everyone. Yep. The only one who's not gotten a piece of Austin is like literally The Undertaker and Kane and DX. Mm. Everyone else, done. Jeff Jarrett getting stunned by oh. Steve Austin. They do the NWA invasion. Jeff Jarrett is crowned the NWA North American champion. Then Steve Austin immediately stuns him and does the worst strut ever. He goes, duh, 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 yep. duh. My favourite Stone Cold Steve Austin moment of all time is in this video package. Oh, which which bit? Could you care to guess what it is? Is it him kicking gold dust into a porta pot? <laughs> that, that is great. Like, that is really good. No, it's Austin sat facing Jim Ross on top of the announce table wearing tight jeans with a headset as Jim Ross is like, please, you're getting spit on me, Steve. And Austin's like, oh, Steve, you're going to win the Royal Rumble. I said to myself, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just having the time of his he life. Is. This man has a broken neck. Yep. He's having a blast, though. Can't believe it. I, I forget every week this man has anything wrong with him. And he is out here tonight. He's going to win this Royal Rumble. And he is the hottest thing in wrestling mm -hmm. by a considerable stretch. Is he a good guy at this point in your mind, Adam? Watching the Raw? 100%. 100%. How can he not be a good guy? On the Christmas special of Raw, they showed a clip where... Santa Claus was in the ring and Austin came out and had an issue with him. He was like, are you the real Santa, are you? Are you trying to tell all these people you're the real Santa? Little boy, do you think that's the real Santa? If you're the real Santa. Uh, yeah, that was it, sorry. The, the, he actually had a little boy. The, the Santa Claus had a little boy brought out to me. He's like, I was told that I was going to have Sable here. You're not Sable, you're just some gross kid. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then Stone Cold came out to defend the honour of a child mm. at Christmas. If that doesn't make you a baby face, I don't know uh, what does. Yeah, like. Top baby face right there. The gentleman who drew numbers one and two, firstly making his debut on this season, it's Cactus Jack, Mr. Bang Bang, who oh. is basically Foley is cycling through all three. You know, yeah. like which Mick Foley am I gonna get tonight? I don't I don't know because he's three personas. Mm -hmm. But we had different one like and it's kind of depending on the mood of the situation. Honestly, every time Cactus Jack comes out, I get I get goosebumps. I think, honestly, upon reflection, Cactus Jack, particularly this era of Cactus Jack, is my favourite Mick Foley. Because really? It, fe it feels like it's he's proven himself to Vince and them. Yeah. I can do Mankind, I can be Dude Love, mm. but look how good this always was. Mm. And it works the crowd pop for Cactus Jack like nothing else. Not a lot of WCW fans in the audience or ECW fans, but... Cactus Jack is way more over than it should be by rights. He definitely has that next level aura around yeah. Cactus Jack. But for me, when I think of like the real horrible Cactus Jack, I think of the ECW promos. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd say Mankind is more like that with the upsetting yeah. promos. 
Cactus Jack's scary and tough, but I still don't think he's upsetting in the way that mankind mm. is at this point. So, number two, Chainsaw Charlie. Here we fucking go. Oh, Terry boy. Funk. If it comes out of a box, it's over. Yes, but your one data point, uh, Jim Cornette, is Terry Funk, which would have been over if it came out of literally anything. Mm-hmm. Particularly with a chainsaw and pantyhose on his head. Like, when... When Cactus Jack starts throwing chairs at the chainsaw and you see sparks coming off, mm-hmm. I was like, are, are they actually, like, it can't have the actual chain on it. Ah, I know all I know all about this now. Uh, I talked about this on the uh, Terry Funk episode of How She Wrestling. I read his book and he went in depth on this. It's a real chainsaw. The chain is unattached, but the motor is still there. Mm-hmm. So it still goes... So it's still vibrating, still causing makes the noise. sparks. It makes vibrations... They had an extra gimmick attached to it when he first debuted, which was a little sparker. So the idea was on the side of it, there was just a little thing that would spin around on a flint Mm -hmm. and would make these sparks. So when Terry Funk came out as Chainsaw Charlie, swinging around the first time, there were sparks going everywhere. And he said in his book, oh, one time they made this mistake. But I I was telling you, Adam, when I watched it on Raw, I'm convinced it's the debut. One time Terry wrote in his book that when he came out with the sparker, they had forgotten to empty out the fuel canister. Oh, fuck. And so he comes out and the cap comes off straight away. Spilling everywhere. There's all this clear liquid just goes all the way down his sleeve and all over him. And there's a sparker going fucking Can you 90. imagine? And he's swinging it around going, you know, Terry Funk swinging it around. Yeah. There's sparks everywhere. And afterwards he came back and he's like, oh, I'm covered in fucking gasoline. Mm-hmm. You, know, and, you know, the fact that he didn't, you know, pull an Undertaker, you know, right? someone tries yeah. to fucking set you on fire. Keep in mind, Terry Funk, like two or three years prior, had the incident with the fucking sellotape fire chair from Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. It's like 1990s wrestling wants to set Terry Funk on fire yeah. one way, shape or form. And like, I, I, I was saying to you guys at the start, oh, the show's a little bit janky still, it makes it lovable, but like, what is this mom and pop shop bollocks? Yeah. Like you're yeah. a fucking big company and you're not public, but you can get rid of the fucking fuel out of the sparking right. chainsaw, right? And, and, and in six months, they're going to be doing the Inferno match for the first time, where as we learned from the Mayor Kane book, book review available on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, literally they just turned up on the day and it was like, right, Kane, we're going to set you on fire. And you need to go and learn how to do this because no one's going to do it for you. You need to do it yourself. Mm. You need to know what you're doing. I I don't vote it willy-nilly. I don't want to be saying stuff just randomly for shock value to make people upset. But like genuinely, when I read that and I've kind of been thinking about it because it's been a year and a bit since the episode, I think more and more about my own heart and kind of think about just the lack of the book stops here with yeah. regards to these crazy stunts i think of bret hart's book where russo is like yeah you got to get in this fucking lamborghini and drive through a sheet of broken glass no. and then skid off and it's like when it, when you're wrestling and everyone's a writer or a booker or a producer there's all these different hats but no one is like the stunt coordinator no. because we don't do stunts we're wrestlers like it's honestly wrestlers getting fucking put in real harm's way because yep. no one wants to admit we're doing fucking stunts and hollywood bullshit yeah. here Let's actually act like it. We're at 2021. Even Hollywood gets that fucking shamefully wrong as well. So mm. it seems like. It's just, I can't believe Terry Funk nearly was set on fire on his debut. Yeah. And you think, oh, him coming out of a, He's got pantyhose. He'd go up in a fucking ball of yep. flame in a second. Honestly. Well, wouldn't that have been a WWE OMG moment? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Terry Funk was brutally set alive by a. Jesus. Right. Now that's just sad. And because <laughs> <laughs> Terry, of course, he was covered in baby powder as well, which 
is actually an explosive if it's used <laughs> as well. Oh my god. That was, he's like the three most explosive gasoline, pantyhose, and baby powder. Speaking yeah. fucking, is the IRA doing your fucking. <laughs> 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 that's in the back. Yeah, we, got a, we got a great gimmick for you here, lads. Like, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, these two, the best of friends with the worst of intentions. Oh, yeah. I know lots and lots about concussions nowadays. I didn't back then, but. My God. Fucking hell. Lizard Brain Kevin still got a kick out of this. Yeah. Smashing each other. It's Terry smiling going, do it, do it, do it. And what, if you hit, Cactus hits me with this chair, am I going to be able to uh, get around? Comfortably. You need a new head. (laughs) (laughs) He fucking waffles up. It's so horrible. Also, the Chainsaw Charlie ring attire, which I think may have been put up on the the notice board, like, looks great. Will he be able to wrestle? He's in this rumble for nearly half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Those are not 30 minute britches. Those are not Iron Man (laughs) pants. So yeah, this honestly is self-indulgent for these two, mm. but I always think a rumble, particularly these old-timey rumbles where you come out and you go in for a grapple. You don't come out and hit your shit and then do a cool high spot. Yeah. You know, now a rumble is like you come out, the music, the pose, the finisher, you get eliminated or you go and you do some Stand in a corner. corner. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like you come out and you do some work. Yes. You know? yes. So yes, this yes, yes. at the start, self-indulgent as it was, actually probably elevated this rumble into being not just your typical outing i mm. think yeah you know, it gave it some so. more number three it's tom brandy who comes out to the biggest booze I've... yeah well, okay so i know that he was salvatore sincere he, yes. nah, he's just tom brandy he's some I, jobber why <laughs> i i also know he still wrestles on the independence okay and does signings as Salvatore Sincere, he does not copyrights. But he'll also wear a mask and do it as the Patriot, although oh. without the permission uh, of Del Wilkes. Yeah. So he goes and does something. Del Wilkes isn't Patriot. cold in the ground, Billy. He, he pretends the Patriot isn't even cold in the ground. He pretends to be the Patriot and gets close oh to signings. God. And apparently he was, he's been doing this for years. <laughs> all right, all right. This is in the seeds where I'm slowly coming around on Mark Merrow. He was right to out this fucking jobber. You're a jabroni, Tom Brandy. You're not the real patriot. You're just Tom... Br- I'm going to show up to a sighting. This guy says he's the patriot. He's not. He's just Tom Brandy. Wow. He's a jobber jabroni. Oh, my God. <laughs> the disrespect. Tom Brandy's big moment in the sun came when he was meant to face as Sal Sincere. Mark Merrow. And yeah. Mark Merrow came out and outed him as being Tom Brandy, a jobber. He's like, I'm a star. You're a jobber. It means you get paid to lose and eat lunch and I get paid to win. <laughs> and because he was in the midst of the Sable feud and he was like, no one's going to get to see Sable. And then Tom Brandy like beat up Merrow a bit. Yeah. And he was like, Sable should come out here. And the saddest thing ever, which is a crowd popping for Sable... And then Brandy beating the ring, thinking that the crowd would chant for him. And then coming out for a match with Mero next week to deadly silence Mm -hmm. with no Sable. And then him turning to the crowd going, hey, come on. Sable, Sable. Like, trying to get Sable chant going. And they're saying that Mero is stealing her thunder. This lad's trying to fucking nick it (laughs) rockstar. Also, I will say, though, Mark Mero on recent events, the first man I've ever seen lay hands on our beloved Kevin Kelly. He, he, he low blow oh, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. No one does that to K-Squared. Yeah, you never see K-Squared getting involved, actually. Like, There's like literally ever. no need to low blow a, a fucking backstage. You're a wrestler. That He's a backstage guy. You can just like do any move. There's, <laughs> literally, there's literally no cause for a low blow. 
So, um, here's a big question for everyone. How long did you think it took Jim Ross to decide, I ain't called him Chainsaw Charlie? That, that's Terry Funk. Yeah. He kind of slipped, the mask slipped, and then never came back on after one instance of it. Yeah, Jerry Lawler's having a pop at Terry as well. He says, Terry Funk's so stupid, he thinks he's Chainsaw Charlie. To which Jerry goes, well, you think you're a king. <laughs> <laughs> We should say Tom Brandy gets eliminated immediately. immediately. Yeah. And like, you'd think that would be a funny little moment, but the crowd, like you say, they were booing him so heavily. But there is a good period of a few minutes here after Brandy gets eliminated where the crowd sounds surly. They're all just like... <laughs> a lot of mumbling, a lot of talking, a lot of unhappy sentiment in the crowd. What is it? Is it because he's like muddying the waters of the Sable feud? I think it was just because they didn't want to see him full stop. Like, you'd, you'd think it would be fun where it's like, oh, no, we hate him. Yay, he got eliminated. But it was just like, no, we'd rather have not seen him at all, please. Let me talk about fucking my favourite new member of the Marvel cinematic universe his name is spider terry and he sticks to ring ropes and he cannot be eliminated this man's middle-aged crazy and skidding the cat any which way he is just like i've never seen anyone take to it like that he always kind of feels like he just he moves like he's doing something different like terry funk's not in a wrestling ring in his mind he's out somewhere in the fucking field Mm. he walks not on the number of steps that anyone else would ever wander when he sells he moves in a different way and when he's going over the ropes he's just like one hand goes here a foot goes up on the turnbuckle mm-hmm. he's bouncing and swinging mm. and swaying like i generally thought he was meant to go out way earlier than he ends up getting out <laughs> uh, number four the people's champ the rock and this is a really great rumble you can see the likes of the rock hooking up with terry Funk. right yeah that's weird man the rock is all smiles he just can't stop smiling yeah smiling punching terry funk <laughs> take a drink by the way Every time a new person enters this rumble and immediately goes for Funk, yeah, yeah, it's like literally every single person. The first person they go for is Terry. Do you reckon someone yeah. backstage said like, "You get that old bastard"? Or is everyone, as you go out or that, is everyone just such a fan they want to have a little bit of work with him? It's, it's they want to do a little bit of work. Right. Everyone's going to get. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, you see it now in like AEW with the kind of the, the veterans there. Everyone wants to. They're lining up like yeah. Headbanger Mosh gets to hook it up with fucking. When with Terry Funk, he's a number five entry, by the way. The Rock as well, he gets stuck in a bin and then gets like, I just love that. He can put in a bin by Funk and Cactus and they're like smashed him with chairs. Yeah. I, I think new modern day wrestling has ruined moments like this for me. How so? Where, so after Ron has, uh, Ron. After Rock. <laughs> the Ron. <laughs> the Ron. The people's Ron. <laughs> after The Rock has the bin placed over his head and they like make a big, and he gets thrown out. But he, they make a big point. He's like, he didn't go over the top. Yeah, he went. He went, he went through. Went through the ropes. Right, Normally, right. when that happens, I'm like, well, we're not going to see the Rock for, for half an hour. For half an hour, then he just no. He just immediately stands up and comes back in. Yeah. So I was like, well, well I like what, the, that. what is the point in fucking doing that? Now I, I like because I'm so sick of that exact yeah. trope you're on about, where it's like, oh no, the Miz has disappeared. Yeah. I bet we're not going to see him right at the end of the match. Yeah, now. yeah. Like, I, I feel like I've got so used to the trope I, in my head. It's just like, well, that's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> someone has to do that. When Mosh is in the ring, Jerry Lawler opines on the collection of wrestlers in the ring. Keep in mind, The Rock has fallen out. He says, look at all these idiots in here. (laughs) (laughs) These idiots. I I think Mosh is like pulling a rib on somebody. You reckon? Because I swear down, like, 
I think he's wearing a, a diaper underneath the, oh, the skirt. No. Well, I and thought it, that it looked, came for most of his it, career as and well. It, so. And it looks soiled. Oh, Billy. No, 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 no. no like, no. genuinely, I think that it's a rib on the crowd or it's a rib on someone, but he generally looks like he's wearing no. a soiled Ultimately, diaper. Ultimately, you ribbed yourself, Marsh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you need to get your muffler changed every yeah. now and then. I just then, know baby. it's Marmite or whatever in the gusset. Come on now. Uh, King also as well about this collection of individuals in the ring. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I love a good reference for no reason, but uh, call up Unsolved Mysteries, I found them all. I found them all. <laughs> I found them Robert all. Robert Stack, yes, I found them all. What? The Unsolved <laughs> mi- Mysteries. I've never seen it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I know it's on CBS, I think it's a popular I show. found them all. Terry Funk doing the moonsault. Yeah, fucking A. That's what yeah, done Terry Funk and Vader. The, the, this roster in 1988 has got two men doing moonsaults, Terry Funk and Vader. Yeah. That's a pretty weird, interesting roster mm, that we've got in yeah. 1998. Number six, Phineas. Eddie comes with the skirl of those southern violins. And number seven, eight ball. <laughs> Why did they have eight ball come out as number eight? I know, right? I know. And JR was like, hey, number seven is eight ball. And we'd be lucky number one. Number eight, and these kind of trails on. Uh, All right, no one had a good time there. Uh oh, (laughs) he goes straight for Terry Funk as well. Yep. Someone else wanted to have their 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 go on Terry. Yeah. Uh oh, Chainsaw Charlie's trousers have come asunder. Oh no! Yeah. The the first thing that gives away are the suspenders. uh, (laughs) Yeah. The 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 breach tee won't be long after. (laughs) We also get our second elimination of Cactus Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie slash Funk uh, eliminates him. Black Jack Bradshaw's number eight. <laughs> He's got BJ on his pants. BJ Bradshaw <laughs> in the mix. He's fucking old man in the yard wide here. Yeah. He's fucking. He's, he's no more than us. He's full of biscuits here tonight, Absolutely. right? Oh my god. And also, we're told that someone has gotten Stone Cold Steve Austin. And King is saying he will not be in the Royal Rumble now. As a kid, I'd be like, no. <laughs> 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 it's like you get that feeling when you guys there's one person left in the 2009 rumble it's big show no. oh. <laughs> <laughs> number nine oh. it's own heart there he is and he immediately gets attacked by the new NWA contingent why because own needs a new feud I guess because his shit with DX is pretty much all but fizzled out other than him and Triple H have got beef, but Owen came back, he did an interview with McMahon, he's like, let me tell you something, Vince McMahon. Shit! Shit! Bullshit! Oh, shit! Shit! I, I really <laughs> liked it, because he had weeks of Owen running in through the crowd in jeans and just like a ripped up shirt, looking like a regular dude. Didn't look like Owen. His, right, his yeah. facial hair's grown out a bit, and he would just beat the fuck out of Sean and Triple H, and it was week after week of Owen running in and trying to ruin DX's night, and then Vince finally gets him in the ring for an interview, and he's like, Mr. Hart, you, you can't come in through the crowd. It's a danger to our lovely audience members who we love and we've got great, great programming, programming coming, coming down the road. 1998. And, and Owen's like getting in his face. You, you, they make out, again, it's one of these things where it's like Stone Cold was the only guy that got Vince in Vince's oh, face. Oh, Owen was doing Owen's it, yeah. here screaming at Vince, swearing at him, telling him to fuck off and all this. He's like, I, he literally says I'm sick of your shit. Like, yeah, yeah, did, they're yeah. building up this big thing where it's like, wow, Owen's finally going to get his hands on Shawn Michaels and get revenge for everything that happened in Montreal. He's got to go through Triple first but he's gonna get there that's what it feels like we're mm. setting this huge thing up so like, they set it up like Owen injures Triple H like in, he attacked Triple H while Triple H was coming out for a match yeah. and then Triple H was on crutches I think Triple H was just injured anyway yeah 
Owen gets the match with Sean. They have a great little match, mm-hmm. but it is that a little main event Raw match, which ends with you know DQ or whatever. As always, as always, and that's kind of it for Owen with regards to Triple H. Mm. And now, sorry, as regards to as regards to Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and now fucking Double J is attacked. There's been no Double J and Owen stuff on TV. This is just starting tonight. Yeah. Double J has attacked him for no reason at the start of this match. Like, and like the way the reason why I'm Dane on it, even though I'm happy that Owen gets like a bit of a push and all that, is that he's been told. You're going to be saying all this, like, you know, jazzy verbiage. You're going to be swearing. You're going to be getting everyone's face. You're going to be unhinged, new character. And then, like, they just kind of, they piss all over it. Like, you mm-hmm. have Owen Hart and the Titan Tron being, like, saying to, to, to DX, I'm the last surviving heart. I'm, I'm, I'm the sole survivor. You can call me the Black Heart. And mm-hmm. he's, like, laughing and going all maniacal. And you got Jim Ross going, Owen Hart, he's, we saw him earlier. He's talking to himself. If something's gone wrong, I think, mm-hmm. you know, what's happened with his family? It's, it's pushed him over the edge. And they have Shawn Michaels and Triple H go... This <laughs> <Yeah>. point <laughs> and go, he's a black heart, Shawn. Triple H's new thing that he loves to do is to go... Ooh, and just keep, like, diminishing is, everything. Is this where they were gearing up then to give him the moniker of the game? Because he was... Um, Owen was going to be the game. Really? Owen was yeah. going to be the game. Oh, wow. And then someone I, I think that was the moniker that was kicked around, like, I don't know like how serious the plans were. They're leaning hard into the black heart again here. He keeps bringing up that he's got a black heart But now. like Triple H and Shawn Michaels are laughing at him. And like they, beat, they beat him up every chance he gets. And then like Owen's feuding with the Bariquas. And now Owen's feuding with Double J. That's, it seems that's, like a mess. Like. I think that's not the indictment of the booking. I think that's just fucking these two cunts. Again, I'm so sick of Shawn and Triple H. Because it's like even if yes you're being effective as heels they're not doing their job properly because they keep fucking having the last word and they keep laughing at people that they're meant to be threatened by. Like, they won't yeah. take anything seriously. At least at the end of UO, there was a thousand of them at this point. So when they did that, someone could take a fucking, you know, Virgil's going to take a bump or Disco's right. going to take someone a bump. Someone will get the comeuppance. No one's going near these no. lads. Like. What I wasn't expecting as well is this is Mike Tyson's pop of the night, is for Owen. He freaks yeah. out for Owen. Like, yeah. of, of all the people on the roster, Owen probably would have been one of the last people I would have suspected that Tyson was like, was Tyson's favourite. Genuinely, they've done a Maybe great he wasn't job. saying cold stone, maybe he was saying cold Owen, because he's so <laughs> yeah. you know, cold-hearted now. I think it's because these weeks on Raw, we've had Owen being such a badass mm. and so unhinged and looking for revenge. It's been genuinely brilliant. It's just the only people that won't take it seriously but are like, Sean and Hunter. But like him being immediately jumped and it's like, here yeah. comes Owen. Nope. Nah. Yeah, I, just, I felt bad again for him. Because yeah. like, as soon as we, his music plays... We, we cut to the VIP box and Tyson's out of his seat yeah, like, yeah. like getting ready to crazy. go and then losing it as Jeff's like as Jeff like beats him down so yeah Owen's not in the rumble at the moment anyway yeah. the NWA have had their wicked way and Terry Funk in the ring looking like a child wandering around in comfy clothes that are far too big for him he just looks like a toddler he looks like he's wandering around like, with big trousers on him and his Aww. big shirt number 10 Steve Blackman with the chest hair. Yeah, here he is, looking hunky. Blackman as well, who I would say, since you know, even JR is like this man. He he came into the for into his own at Survivor Series. He he lit the wrestling world alight. No, he didn't. No, no he's not, he really didn't. He's not been on TV. No, really, he hasn't. You know, they don't really give a shit about him at this point. Number eleven, D'Lo Brown, and he comes, and as he comes out, Terry Funk upside down in defiance of pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, King's told around about this moment over the headset, or at least King says that on the headset he's been told by a reliable source that Shamrock has taken out Steve Austin backstage. I love this. This just is all some disinformation. Honestly, like. this fucking AI generated fake news here. Like, <laughs> who's coming up with these things? I love that 
D'Lo and The Rock like just immediately go at it. Oh, I hate that. Really? I really hate that. It's like, come on, you guys are meant to be a unit. At least spend five minutes working together before you do the whole, like, every man for himself. Now, they instantly start fighting. I just thought it was like The Rock, like, you get the sense that The Rock views the nation solely as a means to an end. It's like, they're his guys, they're meant to be here for his aggrandization. If you look, every time one of the nation members start fighting, it's The Rock who starts mm. every time in this. He goes after... Farouk, Kama, Dilo, yeah. Mark, everyone he goes after. Like. I just feel like the commentary don't make a big no, deal they don't, of it no. at all. They don't sell the story here. Uh-oh. Number <gasps> 12. Oh, baby. You want to talk about someone that's getting put over on TV a lot of the minute. It's Kurgan! Oh, interrogator Kurgan. <laughs> interrogator Kurgan, who is still affiliated with the Truth Commission. Yep. Who are now relegated to kind of looking on in, in shock and horror as Kurgan does stuff. And they've done things like where the Truth Commission have a match and the Jackal is just like laughing his head off on commentary about these lads who like have hitched their wagon to him. And he's like, this guy over here, the sniper, he wants to be a big star. So I say, all right, you want to be a big star? Listen to me, kid. Jump off the top rope. And he misses. And he's like, ha 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 And like his character, you know, Don Callis, 2021. Oh. You don't need to tell you that he's the fucking, he's the man in wrestling. The best. Yeah. Be the best manager in wrestling bar none at the moment. Easily. And he's got big plans for this Jackal character right now. JR's like, like, what are you What are you doing? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be the next Bobby Heenan with this Kurgan guy? He's like, no, Jim Ross. I want to be the next Bobby Heenan. I want to be the next Vince McMahon. I want to be set up in Titan Towers. I want to own this company. I want to be the one who's setting the scene here. I want to be in control of everything. I'm going to do it with Kurgan. <laughs> I mean, that's a good character motivation. That's a good character, We yeah. don't get that, you yeah, know. It's, and it's a shame that we'll never get that. No. But yeah, it's funny to think long before The Undertaker was talking about like running the company and yeah. taking it away. There's the jackal. Mm -hmm. Eyes bigger than your stomach, Don. <laughs> it's also around this point in the match where JR informs us that Bradshaw is a big horse. Yes. He's fucking in love with Bradshaw. Yeah. He's a big horse. Although I will say, he gets the big horse. Vader was called three different animals tonight. Oh, I know. It, wait for Vader to arrive in the Royal Rumble. We'll, we'll talk about the three animals. <laughs> There's some from earlier we have yet to get to. Kurgan manages to scare the crowd into a stunned silence by being the worst wrestler that has ever existed. So with bad. his sub-Grade Cali mm, offense. Honestly. If, if you made me watch one wrestling move over and over on loop that would actually make me go mad and like destroy my television if you show me kurgan doing them knees in the corner those are the worst they're the most offensively bad wrestling maneuvers i've ever seen in yeah. my life like even as just like seeing someone just pivot on their knee it's upsetting yeah. it's the worst i just have them chop yeah just i would just have them do chest chops because like you, are they you scared could, his honestly. hands are too big like that's all I, like if, if he can't work just have him do that because anyone can fucking do that. Genuinely, it's made me realise that actually now in 2021, I've been really fucking hard on Omas in the main roster. The and baby, he's doing a spin kick! I know, he can at least move a little bit compared to Kurgan here. Fucking hell, yeah. Mark Merrow's at number 13 as Kurgan eliminates Steve Blackman and The Rock is just fucking wet. It's like he's focused on D'Lo now. It's yeah. like D'Lo owes money or something yeah. like that. Number 14, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock coming out. Big, bright red. He looks twice as big as he did earlier because he's more vascular Legit now. swollen. <laughs> this annoyed me as well. Of all the people in the ring, he went for fucking Kurgan. Oh, yeah, I, I, I like that he's biting off more than he can no, chew. But the, but the, the rock, rock, oh, the rock, rock there. Right, right. The rock and he just runs, screwed he runs, you. He runs past the rock 
to go for fucking Kurgan. Kurgan. You know what? It, it's so funny because I completely missed that because Ken did a spin kick and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he, he goes for Kurgan, then he goes to Phineas. Yeah. That son of a bitch, like, Phineas. The Rock's right there. You know what it is, mate? He's scared of The Rock. He's yeah. scared of The Rock. I will say, all, all respect to Ken, he is not the brightest. You That's know. Tr- He hasn't got the instincts for storytelling no, like that. No, he doesn't. And I don't think as well he'd be the type of person where someone would say, go, you should go for Kurgan. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you know as well as I do that there's probably people backstage, bookers and writers and management who probably tell someone one thing because they don't really want them to be the top, top person. Yeah. You know, and I think this is a thing here which Ken thinks in his mind gets him over big, but it makes him look like a big Egypt. Yeah. Kurgan gets eliminated by all of his peers. But move over, this rumble's about to get into high gear. Because Headbanger Thrasher is coming out next. What's with that pop? What the fuck? Fucking crowd love Marilyn Manson, what? I guess. What? The crowd are not privy to what all of us are in 2021, yeah, I guess. Well, celebrity death match, mate. I think uh, that's Manson it, yeah. Well, I, it was around about this point, I think, where like everyone's fighting in their respective corners, apart from Mark Miro. He's, he's just, just like, like he's like just shadow boxing in the in the set, very center of the ring, just to himself. Did Mero like? Did Mero wrestle on the pre-show or something? Because he was drenched. He looked like he'd done fucking a sixty minutes oh, or something bless. like that. I will say, and I think it is. It's not in Diamond of the Rumble. It's just the way that the wrestling was done at the time. This is a low impact rumble. I think mm. we get like yeah. two finishers the whole Honestly, night. Like yeah. you know, very little is actually done. Number 16, it's Mankind, and Terry Funk's pants are at DEFCON 1. <laughs> Just as well he gets eliminated by the Micker straight away, because like, he was, if he wasn't going to get eliminated, his pants were going to get eliminated. <laughs> Both legs touching the floor first. Number 17, the artist formerly known as Goldust. And he's back out with a new look. A new look, I love that. Yeah. that. That was cool. Shaking up the runway. That was awesome. And he kind of, he, he gets put over quite strong in the Rumble. For someone who on Raw has been like, he's been jobbed out to Austin and mm. made out to be like a total fucking peon. Mm. Anyway, he gets squashed a bit by Vader earlier, but he eliminates Mankind, who mm-hmm. is like number two, number three good guy on the yeah. whole show. And yeah, like they make Goldust pretty formidable in this rumble for whatever reason. There is a concerted effort to re- keep reminding you. It's n- I don't think it is just JR. I feel like there is a definite conscious choice to be like, Goldust is still an athlete. He's yes. still like you. You might find him weird and freaky and scary, but he is still a good wrestler. There's more to this man than Doctor Zeus and offensive voices. Genuinely, <laughs> number eighteen. There's all the other entrants in the Royal Rumble, and then there's me, Double J, Jeff That's a fucking theme, man. No, I listen. I listen to it every morning. No, you. I do. I empty the dishwasher. I strut. I strut down. I bring the fingers up by Jackie Fargo across the kitchen line. I like. Oh, Billy, this fucking NWA shit on Raw. Like, you remember how tedious it was yeah. in season one. Right. I assume <laughs> like. It makes no sense. No sense. Oh, the fact this comes from those Cornette promos as well makes even less sense. Yeah. Cornette's been doing promos for weeks where he's like, there's not enough wrestling in the WWF. And he's talking about how there's too much drama and too much bullshit. But he, he started that off by being like, you know, WCW is pu- pushing old guys. And I, and I hate, you know, you know, these critics who don't understand this great, you know, support of wrestling or the, the, the media's reaction to the death of Brian Pillman made me sick. And like, he was making really good points. Yeah. How that segues into... Dennis Curluzo getting his Monday Night Raw debut was beyond me, but... He fucking came out with these two old men from the NWA, and he's I, like... And now, come on, two old men from... Oh, sorry, I think you meant the Rock and Roll Express. No! <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Luke like, genuinely looked better in 2020 in AEW yeah, than he did in 98 on Raw. There's these two men that are like commissioning body of NWA or something. They're probably people who like know that I just don't know who they are. Oh, but, you will know Dennis Corluzzo from one place. What's that? In the rise and fall of ECW documentary. Mm. You know the way they kind of they don't tell the NWA that they're going to throw down the belts and rechristen yeah. the ECW title. And then they cut to like an interview with a guy being like, this is not, this is not how we agree to do things. Shane Douglas is the NWA champion and he will like, be recognized as such. And Shane Douglas is like, the NWA can suck my cock. <laughs> I'm doing it for you, dad. <laughs> so he's that kind of Homer Simpson looking lad. Yeah. But they brought them out and Jim Cornette's there saying, we've got some real wrestlers here. We're going to have the NWA hot. Some real old wrestlers. Got some real wrestlers. And fuck my wife. <laughs> It would have been more over than this because the crowd boo the fuck out of it from the word I go. Well Jim Ross is like, Jim Cornette, he's a long history with the Midnight Express and now he's managing, checks notes, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. <laughs> Their biggest rivals. Right off the bat, this is dead on arrival and we're going to get it for like six, seven months now still to it's, come. It's, it's just give, so... Give Jared the NWA belt. What the North American champion trinket bollocks? Oh yeah, he's not even the heavyweight no! belt. He's the North American He beat the Undertaker <laughs> last time. It just seems so <laughs> odd that it's, this comes so soon after... ECW invasion? No, no, no just, just the whole... We're doing none of that old shit. This yeah. is the attitude here. Right? Maybe, maybe that's oh, why. Was it, are, they, are they doing it on purpose yeah. to fucking bury it? I feel like, I well, yeah, so. it's meant to be heels, isn't it? J Jim Cornette is meant to be an asshole here, and so is Jeff Jarrett. And so I guess it is. The angle is, oh, you don't like this boring shit. I know, but, but the they, never is, pre they never present it as good, though. They no, don't present it, it as boring. anything. It's like so, you're going to so see like, watch Barry Windham wrestle Double the, J in a cold match. The, okay. the closest working theory that explains it is the thing we talked about before, where it was very much like, Jim Cornette won't shut up about this, so we're going to let him do it, and it's going to fucking bomb, and then he'll shut up, because it'll, mm. he'll see that it doesn't work anymore. Because Russo's writing this thinking, like, right, they, this is like when the WWF invaded you know, ECW around this time, yeah. where you're saying, like, oh, these guys are going to come and change your brand that you love and they're trying to do the same thing back here where it's like the NWA is going to come in and ruin this new attitude brand that you love but they're telling Cornette like we're going to bring in the great NWA athletes and it's going to be a real great thing for you and Dennis Corluzzo and is it fuck is it fuck I mean they split from WCW in 1991 I believe it was right uh, to say they're out in the wilderness and no one gives a fuck like you well, know that's it. It, what... it means so much more in 2021 with like the whatever little nook and niche Billy Corgan has turned the NWA into now mm. at least it means something compared to this where it's like this is like a fucking ghost pretending it's a real and boy if you're yeah. an ECW fan and you see the big guys WWF come in you're like oh my god that's the biggest company that's Brackus Adam yeah but with <laughs> the fucking WWF being invaded by the NWA everyone's just like who What's the end of it? Also, it's not an invasion when Double J and Barry Windham were already members of your WWF right. roster. Honestly. It's, it's the fucking WCW invasion yeah. all over again where all, all, all the bannermen of WCW with WWF guys are already fucking yeah. here. Well, no, at least they had bodies. These guys, they ain't mm. got bodies. Yeah. And Cornette, every match, every match with the NWA so far, Cornette has interfered. Yep, he has to help him win. And there was one with the, when they did the Rock and Roll Express, they had him come in and hit someone with a tennis racket and the referee's like, hey, what are you doing? And he DQ'd him and Cornette goes, oh! And Jay I was like Jim Cornette and the NWA are a bunch of stupid assholes and that's it like you know? well, what happens here is that Jim, uh, Double J comes out and Owen immediately follows him and eliminates him straight away and JR just goes goodbye NWA <laughs> 
<laughs> if only that were true. I will say though, there is something nice about like because Jared is that like piece of shit coward loser yeah. or whatever. And like seeing him attached to this, it's really funny because it's fitting. It's fitting. Yeah. Well, when does the storyline end? Is it unforgiving? It just fizzles out. I think like, the last um, I remember, it, it, the last we got out of it is the new Midnight Express with with Bob and Bart. And that, that, gets to, that gets mm. at least to King of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Okay. But at that point, it's it's less about the end of the way. It's yeah. more just calling it as I'm not. I'm team, not looking uh, forward to seeing more of this. But I know we've only got one pay-per-view between this and WrestleMania 14 yeah. and there was very little of it at WrestleMania 14. Exactly. You won't have to see much. No. And let me tell you though, like Jeff's elimination was, was just, this is just like a little perfect bite. So, like, if I want to show someone this is why I like wrestling, you know, or why these two guys are great, you show like Jeff thinking he's eliminated Owen, he does the Fargo strut and yeah. as he strut and Owen's skin in the cat and throws him over. That was just beautiful. Yeah, per- Perfect wrestling right there. Big pop as well for it. Everyone loves Owen yeah. in the minute. Fucking pop of the life for me. There was so much here to unpack. I need, I need a second. Number 19. The returning. It's the Honky Tonk Man. Aww. Which makes King Amici go, Hee! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Honky Tonk Man comes out. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but he immediately got overshadowed. Because Honky Tonk Man's coming out being like, Hello, everyone. He's got a fucking paragraph written on his fanny as well. Yeah. And as he's walking out, Triple H is not far behind. Yeah. And Triple H on crutches coming out to the Honky Tonk Man's theme. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I got my long blonde hair. I'll stab you in the back. Swing by your house in the mean Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> Honky Hearst Helmsley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and yeah, he cracks Owen with a crutch uh, yeah. after China causes a distraction. A lot of crutches used at the moment in wrestling. It feels like everyone's hitting people with crutches. Both in the writer's room and in the ring, if you know what I'm saying. What happens next? I feel like I, I relate it to own very much here in that it's like, I don't know, I don't know if I've got a long litany of times I've embarrassed myself in, mm. in this way, but it feels like the worst possible time to do the worst possible thing yeah. that was not in his control. And Owen falls down, and yeah. King goes, Owen fell down! No! <laughs> just before the curtain closes, well, no. yeah. if it happened like half a second later. Yeah. He probably really hurt himself I as know, well! I know. Oh, Jesus. Don't point it out, King. Speaking of not pointing things out, JR's got no problems pointing out. In the entirety of his being in the Royal Rumble here, every second of it is filled with JR telling you his problems with the number 20 entrant, Ahmed Johnson. Oh. The only one entering this Royal Rumble matchup with earrings, King. For fuck's sake. He looks stupid. <laughs> He's had more than his fair share of injuries. A lot of, a lot of hype around Ahmed Johnson. Keyword hype. Wasted investments, if you ask me. Just wow. Yeah. Ahmed looks like the surliest I've ever seen him. He ain't been on TV. No, he's not. He literally comes out with his arms folded like, fuck you all. Well, his star has fallen tremendously from I didn't the know you could actually season. bury a star. Like, you, know, you could actually <laughs> dig up a hole and put a fucking celestial body in it and cover it over with dirt. But they did it. He's, yeah. J.R. is like, J.R. the king almost says like, Calm down. <laughs> you know, he's uh, <laughs> incensed at this lad. And he's soaking wet as well. Yeah. He's got like nine knee pads on him. <laughs> it's just like... like yeah, he just he, looks like a guy now. He doesn't... His, it's his, not the his same. His aura is gone. Yeah. He, he, 
he doesn't believe in himself, so why no, should I? You no. know, he feels like he feels like he looks stupid. Like he thinks he looks well, stupid. You can't blame him for having like a complex about it when he's not been on TV for ages, and when he does come out, you got fucking Jr. just burying him relentlessly. And, you know, uh, we did uh, like a King of the Ring. We we did like a kind of a couple of new generation shows for for the How to Wrestling Patreon recently, and like we saw like Ahmed's first pay per view appearances. And the way some actually mentioned on our, on the the Patreon, uh, they were mentioned like you should listen to how they used to talk about Ahmed and compare it to this. Mm. The accolades, the fucking hyperbole, the way they spoke about him, like he was not just saying like, oh, he's gonna be something. He is this now. Yeah. Look at this man, the aura, the fucking power. Uh, the, but the thing as well, this is the the really important thing. The crowd, they don't like Ahmed anymore either. No. Um, and I think it's that that nation. It was. That's it was what did the, it. The flip flopping and the faffing about with that. When he joined the nation, that was the the complete the final nail. I thought. Like, yeah. Such a miserable twist. And like Ahmed, like to say he phones it in the few minutes he's in this fucking rumble. Yeah. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, he's absolutely horrendous at it. A honky tonk man is near elimination, and King goes, Ah, my cousin, the honky tonk man. <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> and then he catches himself and goes, I mean. Oh no, the honky tonk man! It's <laughs> <laughs> he, his new uh, his new twist to avoid everyone saying that Brian Christopher is his son. Oh, he insists that Brian Christopher is Jim Ross's son. Seeing <laughs> so Brian Christopher going, "You're my dad. I'm good old BC. <laughs> you're my dad." Jerry's like, "You're not my son. Get away from me." <laughs> <laughs> the most heinous thing ever. He's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> Number twenty one. Mean Mark Henry, who immediately has forgotten he's in the Nation of Domination, comes yeah. out smiling and yeah. waving. <laughs> Just happy to be here tonight. We're told here that Henry is one of 17 wrestlers having their first Rumble match. Wow. 17! I don't it's think only Honky's second, would you like, I, don't, I, I don't think there's ever been that many people having their debut at once. Maybe, maybe the greatest Royal Rumble. I was going to say greatest Royal Rumble where they brought out every fucking yeah. developmental star they could. The stars that resemble the stars of yesteryear. I'd be interested to find out if, if that record has been broken. Yeah, get in touch, let us know. That's really cool. I mean, that, that's that's a company on the up. Yeah, exactly, that, 100% yeah. Absolutely is what I was thinking it is. Said it. Absolutely. And, and that's like kind of something that I think all the companies struggle with a bit at the moment is that I feel that the youth is, you know, it's, it's in some companies more than others. But I would say the average age of a wrestler, you know, stars or otherwise in companies is a lot higher now than Absolutely. it was back then, you know. And a lot of that has got to do with the you know, wrestlers wrestling longer, the schedule being better and all yeah. that as well. But, you know, it says a lot here that they don't just have youngsters that are like the next top guy. They have youngsters that are like the next carpenter, you know. Yes. Next guy who's going to be able to get a match out of the next top guy. You yeah. need those people in there. And I must admit, you know, there's a lot of rumbles where they would go, do you really want to bring in several members of the DOA and several members of the nation. You know, they, I figured that they, they got all these groups over quite well. It works well, I think. Well, yeah. I think those factions have fared a bit better. You know, the storyline was dog shit. Yeah. But them as entities... That's it. They've weathered the storm, at least. Yeah. Like, I'm a big Bariquas boy. I don't mind saying that. Genuinely, yeah. Like. Sincerely. Number 22, it's no one. Uh, no one comes out. Yes. It's meant to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, we're told. Ashley Clements wrote in to tell us that this is maybe Skull Spot, but obviously... That, and that's what Wikipedia says as well. Yeah. They don't say Skull, it they, never, they don't, they don't. mention it at all. It's a, it's a little Easter egg for those that have been watching the pay-per-view very closely because Skull got taken out earlier in the night. Ah, 
And Mark Henry dishes out some powder to Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, Mark Henry's handling the big Johnson, we're told. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Henry's like, there's only room for one underwhelming member of the nation who doesn't know what to do. And that's me! Oh. And he eliminates them, he's out of here. Mark then eliminates Phineas. That's it, sorry. And- Mark, so Mark eliminates Ahmed... And Mark eliminates Phineas. And then, as Phineas is leaving, as, as he's falling out of the ring, he kicks referee Jack Doan in the head, oh, yeah. giving him a concussion. Really? Oh my so gosh. So for the rest of this match, like if you if you look at Jack Doan, he's like woozy so he on his feet. He stays oh, out yeah. there. He's woozy and he's unshaken on his feet. He's got a full-on concussion. He's got the night in hospital. Fucking hell, yeah. you know what, the rumble, that number of people taking, you know, the over-the-top rope and all the people around the ringside area, because, you know, you got managers and shit out there, as yep. well, Sables out there from Arrow, all that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a fucking Wild West out there, Jesus Christ. Number 23, it's the ultimate fighting machine, it's Kama, Gerard Zucci, the biggest member of the... Oh, wait. Well, he's no longer the biggest member of the nation, but, you know, he is, he's very strong. Kama. The most tattooed member of the nation. When he's coming out and Ahmed with his fucking Charlie Brown walk, he's like slowly, surly walk. He literally takes too long to come out. So Kama's like, you're in my fucking way. He yeah. just shows Ahmed. Ahmed's like, oh, and wow. No no comeback or anything. Ahmed just walks off. Yeah, because like, you missed your fucking cue. You so sad. You literally can't even walk out of here. Oh, right. Buddy. And I hate that because it's like there is a great wrestler in there and there's a superstar in there and collectively the wrestling world has decided no, not you, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. It's sad. It really is sad. I tell you what though, I've said this a few times before but it's sometimes, occasionally, I don't know if it's just the lighting is right or something but every now and then I'll look at camera and just be like my God, that dude is a fucking brick shit out he He's got this big Charles Bronson look where he's bald with the moustache and he's fucking ripped. Like, you, you never know. He's the, the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. That's it. He's it's all com- pulling up his pants all the time. Completely like. different man. It's unbelievable. It says a lot though because there's not many wrestlers who'd be built like that and then be like, I'm happy doing a gimmick where like my physique is the furthest thing from your mind because you know, so many guys in wrestling, if they got a body, they want to show off the big body. Yeah. Like, he just wants to have a good you know, time. Maybe, got, maybe that's why he kept saying that pimping ain't easy. Just, his muscle mass just dropped. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it, 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 it's easy, man. Like, you say that, Bill, but you know, we were looking at him in November 2020 for the last last ride we just did there. Yeah. He looks exactly the goddamn same. Yeah, he's aged beautifully. Kama, well, he is, uh, <laughs> he is, his lifestyle has agreed with him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Number 24. It's the rattlesnake. Steve Austin's in the house. Everyone stops what they're Dude, doing. Yeah. yeah. Love, Love it. That. That's so great. It, it is. But like he comes in and literally everyone's like, there he is. There's that fucker that we all want to get our hands on. And he like he hits someone and then he pairs Wait. up with one person and everyone's like, all right, we'll leave you to it. He yeah. eliminates two people at the strike. Yeah, yeah. He, he eliminates Miro and Eight Ball. Yeah, and then everyone's he's just st- like... they're all looking at the ramp and he comes up through the crowd behind them. Yes. So it's a, so he manages to take Miro out without anyone noticing. But it's that moment where it's like, oh shit, they're all gonna gang up on Austin, and then everyone's just like, anyway, let's go back to our yeah. pairs. Yeah, we got a nice kind of flurry from it, but like Austin's had like. The O2 Rumble Austin has a much better like kind of appearance and flurry. The 2001 Rumble a much better appearance yeah. and flurry. They even get 99. He can. This is like it's less than you know, but I guess at the time it's kind of you haven't seen anything like this. So for no. 98, it's it's amazing, I guess. And Jr. is straight away talking about the similarities between Mike Tyson and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I guess Mike Tyson identifies with Steve Austin King. Identifies. Well, with identifies him. with him. How so? God, you know. 
they both choked Evo Brian with a vest. I don't know. Like, you know, it's fucking... Number 25, Henry Godwin. He goes straight for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You tell Henry Godwin who's come back from a broken neck that he's not a main eventer. He ain't hearing it. He is a main eventer oh. in his mind. And look, I don't want to be immature here and be a childish little boy, but this is the same Rumble match where JR said that Mark Henry is handling the Big Johnson. Mm. He tells us here, Rock and Kama just wailing on each other's knobs here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he literally says wailing on each other's knobs. <laughs> you know, knob is like your head. Like... No! <laughs> in, in Jack and Jill, I think he, he fell down and broke his knob, <laughs> didn't he? Or something. <laughs> Oh wait, there's another old nursery rhyme about breaking your knob, I swear there is. And then you put it like in vinegar and brown paper. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner, he broke his fucking knob. <laughs> Number 26, Savio Vega. Hey. Who is one of my favourite wrestlers in the world at the moment. And I swear I endure to provide you with better content and power than I saw something on funny on Twitter the other day. But, <laughs> but the other day on Twitter, I saw this tweet thread where people were like, how dare they like put Selena Vega on that show in Saudi Arabia after they kicked her off the 9-11 memorial show when her father died in 9-11. And someone replied, who's her father? And someone replied that saying, her father was a wrestler called Savio Vega. He died in 9-11. And every now and then, every now and then I just get this flash of his name was Savio Vega and he died in 9-11. Why? And let me tell you, he didn't, all right? No, Savio's still alive. And he looks great. He looks great. He was at the Undertaker's final farewell feast. It was brilliant. He's BSK for life. He did not die. No member of the BSK died in 9-11. Let's make that clear once and for all. Career, okay, so all the Bariquas come out with Savio. They all attack Austin. Yeah. Austin. I like that. It was a good way to give Austin more bodies to eliminate without him just jobbing everyone out. Yeah. I guess Austin clobbers Goldust, and Jared gets in a few. If you will, for fuck's sake. Number 27. It's the leader with an asterisk of the nation domination. He ain't the leader anymore. <laughs> Farouk is so shit as a leader. He's like, I don't get it. I've done nothing and I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> and this really charismatic guy who's winning matches and bells just like getting my thunder for yeah, some reason. You, you mentioned earlier that The Rock taking over the nation was a slow burn. And in a way it is because it takes a long time for it to pay off. But they've done like 80% of the work and they're going to stay at this place now for a few months the before they go in the, the rest of the The when they come out. Yeah. Right? The back, like. All the time. Oh, God. And Farouk actually goes, he chooses to go after every member of the nation. Yeah. yeah. Consciously. He like, goes, looks like, like, punch the rock, punch D'Lo, yep. punch Mark. Punch karma. But I like Good it because that. he's proven before like that that's how he handles the nation. Remember, like we had a different nation of domination mm. six months ago. Yeah. Farouk is a physical leader of the nation of domination. The Rock and Stunko Steve Austin, they go through the ropes and start battling on the outside. Mm. They know. They know, don't they? What do you mean? That the fucking basis of this entire industry is going to be these two lads. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. You, you can see it. There's a bit where they do their trademark, like, throwing bombs at each other. Like, they've already got that chemistry, even this far back. So, number 28 is Dude Love, who come. I love that Dude Love is the third face I of know. phone. Because he's fucking knackered. He's yeah. like, hey! <laughs> 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 yeah, I love that they chose to end it with dude, not with mankind or <laughs> he with just cactus. Come out of dude, his little dance like <laughs> he doesn't last very long. He does eliminate Bradshaw. I will say the announcers because they're just laser focused on Austin. They miss a bunch of eliminations. Yeah, I, I, I completely missed D'Lo and Bradshaw getting yeah, eliminated. Yeah, right. uh, Farouk eliminated D'Lo Brown. 
Chains was number 29. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you kidding, you mate? Kidding, Come on. Yeah, that's Crush's spot. Why are you doing you entering the Rumble in the first place, mate? Get out of here. Come out on a bike. And number 30, that big old stinky grizzly bear. <laughs> stinky. It's a big Van Vader who <laughs> earlier in the night was called a big dirty Kodiak bear. And a big old Colorado I, I, water buffalo. I had to I had to pause to catch my breath. When when he came out James with a big old stinky bear. The first thing that anyone says about him. He lit up that arena tonight. Yeah. And then he comes out of that big smelly best. <laughs> so unfair. So Vader, he eliminates a whole bunch. He eliminates Honky Tonk Man, he eliminates Thrasher, Austin yep. eliminates Kama and Savio Vega. And then Goldust, man of the night, really. He eliminates Vader then. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it when it's like everyone comes out and then we do the eliminations. Yeah, I know. Although this didn't feel like we had that big long, oh, you know, they kind of paced Austin coming out quite well, I thought. Mm. So it didn't feel blowed, even though a lot of people got eliminated now. Dude Love eliminated Henry Godwin. Chains eliminated Goldust, which I guess the hierarchy in my mind is completely out the window. Just, yeah. Yeah. No one gives a shit, I guess, about the main ones. And then Mark Henry fucks up his own elimination as well. Like, he literally goes back through the ropes and Farouk's like, no, you're meant to be... Oh, sorry. And he's, like, he literally asks them to be eliminated. <laughs> and we're down to the former tag team champions from the Summer of Love, Austin yeah. and Dude Love, stand across the ring from the troubled nation domination, Farouk and The Rock. It was it's one of my favourite Final Four. four. Yeah. Final Great pairing here. And again, showing you that this is a company that even though it's a little bit janky... We've got stories up and down the That's card, it. big and small. We'll always say it, Vince Russo was a master at this, you know, that you got stories to a fault for everyone. Yep. And almost everyone who was in this match had some... Tom Brandy had a fucking thing yep. going for yeah. you know? Even not ongoing stories, like the fact that Austin and Dude, yeah, they tagged together quite a while ago now, but we're going to just remind you of that and we're going to like play into that a little bit. Like They're not afraid to remember storylines that have happened previously. There's, there's great psychology when they, they have him in the corners and Dude is like looking over his shoulder like, well, we used to do this like tag move. Will he do it? Will he do it? Because yeah. he knows that Austin's going to stun him or whatever. Yeah. And they do like one little bit of teamwork so dude gets sweet shit music and the double R and then straight away but he eliminates him DTA DTA don't trust Austin or anyone of which I am part of and I do love he's out of here and Farouk is then eliminated by The Rock as The Rock was having a little bit of a snooze and pretending yeah and uh young Roman Reigns is like huh maybe I'll fall asleep little uh, kip little kip maybe on the outside though it's padded out there and it's Austin and The Rock. And you don't yeah. need to tell you it's electric, even in 1998 mm -hmm. in January. And the finish, it's not loads of arduous back and forth because The Rock is not on Stone Cold's level. That is what they're telling you here. But we get the elimination and it was very similar to 97's Rumble, how that ends. We get the fake out. Then Austin just turns around he sees The Rock, stuns him. Yeah. And The Rock with the, like, like the stunner just kind of discombobulates him enough. Yeah. Man, Austin, the way them stunners were sold back here, that's perfect. I loved it. Yeah. It's like he just fucking completely made Rock lose control of his body. And Austin picks up the win. He wins the Royal Rumble. And the crowd are on their feet. The age-old thing that WWE has never been able to do in the last 20 years, it feels like. But when there's a thing that feels obvious and right, 
and the crowd want it. Do it. Do it. Fucking do it. Do it. Yeah. Please. Please do it. Please give us what we want. What's the once. worst that can happen? Everyone will be really happy and you've got a yeah. big star. Oh like. no. <laughs> oh no. And if the mission of this was to make Steve Austin somehow a bigger star, mission accomplished. You did it. This yeah. was not a great rumble for rumble's nah. sake, yeah. but it was a great you know, benchmark for Stone Cold Steve Austin and maybe like The Rock got a bit out of this as well. Yeah. Oh, terribly. It was just a shame watching that final four and saying, saying three of these guys are going to be like top of it for the next couple of years mm. and Farouk. And Farouk. Yeah. And like, Farouk's good enough to be... No, no, one, no one wants to push that lad. Yeah. Right. I hate it. I really hate it. He like, proved it at the King of the Ring did, match. Like three, he's proved three it all, of the, se- all yeah. of the season. He's three or four it. months ago, he should have had at least one month with the belt. At least just a little run with the title. You know what it was? They saw the fucking tapes from the Warzone game that came out around this time. Oh. They're like, you want to fucking main event this lad? Fucking looking at his shoes. <laughs> looking like William Shatner after coming off of spacecraft. Yeah, one second for him. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh. look it's the same damn thing. Oh. <laughs> and Mike Tyson I'm just happy to be here I believe him Cold Stone is my man <laughs> where does it rank up with all the Royal Rumbles for you is it an all time classic for you or not I feel it has all time classic moments but as a full rumble I don't know if I'd want to watch it entirely over again no I don't think I would it's one of the weaker rumbles we've done on the podcast I feel like it's got a lot of newsworthy moments like you know Cactus and it has a hell of a lot of rumbles that we've not covered that are considerably worse I feel like we've been very fortunate in that pretty much every Royal Rumble we've done for the podcast for the Attitude Era especially 99 and 2000 and 2001 were all great rumbles like I know 99 a lot of people aren't keen on but we all thought it was pretty fun yeah it was better. It was better than the season two ones. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like in terms of Royal Rumbles as a whole, like all thirty odd of them, this is probably higher up, somewhere near the top. Yeah. But I've seen better than this. I it wasn't anything amazing. The Attitude Era. I think every Rumble after this was better. Like I felt ninety nine was better, even though ninety nine is a you know it's it's, it's a mess. Yeah. This is a cleaner Rumble, I guess. Yeah. But two thousand and two thousand and one are pretty much the two perfect Rumble matches. Yeah. I'd extend that in two thousand two as well as like kind of peak Royal Rumble times. So yeah, there we go. Austin has punched his ticket, and they're straight away saying it. This man is the main event of WrestleMania. You know, it's kind of like. There is an inevitability. It feels like everyone but Shawn Michaels knows what's happening now in a few yeah. months' time, you know? And this did one thing for me, more so than anything, which is the first time since November I have not thought remotely about Brett the Hitman Hart. That's he true. Is, That's now true. that this guy has been validated, he's, yeah. he's ready, he's en route, the, the, the track has been set and the, the road has been laid out, the map is all there, I'm not thinking about Brett. And I was nah. thinking about Brett a lot in December and a lot at the start of this month. Congratulations, Austin is so big a star that I literally don't care anymore. Nah. So yeah. hopefully they won't care anymore. I won't randomly be like, tonight in Raw, we want to remind you that Bret Hart's a loser. Get a million dollars. You lost yeah. in controversial fashion. <laughs> it's time for the caption contest. And when you're talking about the caption contest, it really is all about the numbers. Here we are, Royal Rumble 1998. Kevin once again joined by Caption Master Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks Kevin. It really is all about the numbers today. Have you got any numbers for me in this caption? What's the voice is doing? That's what they do. 20 long years, the Warlord's record. (laughs) 
That's the voice they use. <laughs> Until Sanjeeva Morella came in one night. <laughs> who could forget? And uh, who could forget the action of Royal Rumble 1998? We've got a fabulous caption to get sunk into here very, very shortly. Several hundred of you have come in with captions. Thanks very much for that. There's the numbers. That's over 20 big shows. Exactly. Like. How many cereal bowls do these lifeguards need? And this caption contest is sponsored by our good friends over at the Butts and Seats podcast. And it's taking every single little bit of, of, of strength and discipline, not for me to go, like Tony Schiavone. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement right yeah. <laughs> But I thought this was incredibly fitting. It's 1998, uh -huh. it's the Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. and Nick and Emily and the Butts and Seats podcast are going through, in their words, the downfall, or the inevitable downfall, as they like to call it, of WCW. Oof. This is the WCW retrospective podcast that starts... Right at the top, I'm talking Halloween Havoc 1998. That's where they started. They start at the top of the roller coaster. Oh Adam. my god! And it's a long downhill, rickety ride there. But you know, that being said, I know, and I think you and I have, have, have mentioned this a few times. You know, that narrative of WWE tells us that WCW was crap constantly, this, that, and the yeah. other. And I'm sure there is no doubt many examples between 98 and 2001 of stuff that's way better than anyone's given a credit for. Uh-huh. I just think they're panning for gold in here. As you never know. You never know. <laughs> as well as finding the usual bits and bobs you would find when you see, you know, the likes of Hulk Hogan taking on the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, Jesus wept. I mean, we I watched that recently, by yeah, the I fucking way. I know. I fucking heard, of, I heard all about it, folks, both in recording and in real life. <laughs> Kevin had a lot of venting to do that week. Sorry. Now, we did WCW twice on this podcast before. Yeah. Once was their supposed worst show with Bash at the Beach 2000. And let me tell you, I did not enjoy that. And the other one was their supposedly, their high point, their sort of most successful show being Starcade 97. And I had maybe just as bad a time watching that show as I did with Bash at the Beach. Yeah, like, but but that was years ago, Adam. Are you saying that I've changed since then? It just could well be that you've changed since maybe. then. Maybe. We're coming up on WrestleMania 14 part two, and it could well be that, mm. you know, maybe Butts and Seeds podcast, available wherever you can get your audio. They're on Spotify, they're on Apple, they're on Google. But, like, you could be listening back to that and realize, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe that late 1999 run had something to it. I, for one, oh. always enjoy watching Ric Flair as president. Well, you know, 99 WWF was so miserable to me that maybe WCW was killing it at the same time, and I just need to look at that perspective instead. I think, like, this show, WCW 98, that they're looking at here in this pod, it's so, so different to what we're going to be seeing in 1998 on WWF. The fact that they were happening at the same time mm. is kind of bananas to me. But make sure you check them out, Butts in Seats Pod, and you can follow them as well on Twitter. They're Butts in the Pods. Butts in the Pod. Butts in the Pods. <laughs> That's good, that answer, because I would have thought it would be Butts on the Pod, like eyes on the prize, Butts yeah, on yeah. the Butts in the Pod. Butts in the Pod. We're just like two Butts in a Pod, me and you, Kevin. And you can check out their fabulous podcast available now, wherever you get your audio. They're up to late 1999 with some side ventures along the way look at ECW even Wrestlemania has gone hey. by as well so worth the check out if you want to get your toes wet in that WCW world and don't forget you can sponsor the caption contest if you are interested you've got a project a podcast a website a thing that you're passionate about that you want to share with our audience you can let us know by sending an email over to attitudeapodcast at gmail.com subject sponsorship 
or head over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast where all our sponsorship is handled and we can answer any and all queries. Adam, what's our picture for today? The caption du jour. Well, now we just, this, <laughs> well, well. Let's, let's be clear. This is another snappy snapshot contest we're doing right here. This is very quick fire. People have managed to speedily submit these entries. It's almost a craction contest. Almost, yeah. It was say. late last night we were talking about this and you put forward two images. Now, there was another image that I much preferred, but it did involve Bugger Red. That's true. And I feel like we need to give the old-timer a bit of a break, because he's meant to be enjoying his retirement, Kevin. We can't keep hounding him like this. He's getting ready for Pitbull's World Tour. Oh, that's going to fucking knacker him. <laughs> At WrestleMania in Dallas, because you know I'm coming back. They weren't kidding when they said worldwide. Oh, my God. I'm not as good as I once was. <laughs> but I can still walk, damn it. <laughs> Another grueling tour date on the back of the t-shirt for the dead man. <laughs> I'm not as good as I once was, but you can't stop me from wrestling. <laughs> it's not even a book of red caption content. You can't even, you can't, you can't physically stop me, can you? <laughs> this is why we can't do any more Undertaker exactly. in the caption contest. Not allowed. Instead, it's Cactus Jack and it's Chainsaw Charlie, yes, Terry please. Funk. They are in the ring, and they are both double-teaming The Rock, who has got a big old silver bin over his head. So basically, what you have here is a man in his early 20s being attacked by a man in his early 30s and a man in his early 50s. (laughs) It's basically like time gathering up on youth, (laughs) which I appreciate. So I'm going to take us through the captions over here on twitter.com forward slash AE podcast. And I'm facebook.com forward slash the Attitude podcast. Make sure you give us a like, give us a follow. Kyrie Crawford here, straight up with a classic season two rock reference. Rock is up, 3am, down the gym, getting put in a trash can by Foley and Funk. Beating the sides, clanging and banging, <laughs> clanging and banging. <laughs> Bins to rocks all night long. <laughs> Going here from Jake Mitchell. Where's the egg rock? Where is Cleopatra's egg? <laughs> Fuck me. All right. I knew this was going to happen. For the sake of not time dating this too much, we need to make it clear this was recorded right after Survivor Series 2021. And literally the day after I recorded my review of Survivor Series yeah. 2021 for How To Wrestling's Patreon. Survivor Series 2021, aka Night of Egg, where Vince McMahon had his big gold Cleopatra egg given to him by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, come on, Adam. What's the worst thing that can happen when you bring an egg to Survivor Series? <laughs> Check, please! <laughs> <laughs> Derek Wright plays here. I'm the trash man. I come out, I throw trash all over the place, and I start eating garbage. And I pick up the trash can and I bash the guy on the head. <laughs> look at the garbage, look at the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> when you came out and you rock bottomed me into that big smelly pile of garbage. I mean, I would have I taken the bump in the garbage over the John Absolutely. Battle. You know, even though it's a softer landing and all that. Paul Alteson here. <laughs> yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Well, it all started when I pulled this kid's tongue out. (laughs) Yeah, you deserve to get put in the bin after that, mate. Joe Del Toro here. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie introduce their new teammate, Dustbin Dwayne. (laughs) Dustbin Dwayne? (laughs) If you had The Rock join the DOA, you'd have been Dustbin Dwayne, like, you know. (laughs) Tony Sergbine here. Sometimes The Rock is the one caught between a hard place. There you go. Way. Fucking deep. I love it. Makes you think. Now, we don't normally double dip like this, but this one is especially good. Kyrie Crawford back with another one here. These 2K glitches are getting worse. <laughs> Mick's punching himself in the head. Rock's model is fused with a bin, and Terry's textures haven't even popped in yet. <laughs> Michael McDonald. This Sunday, Madison Square Garden. 
Mick Foley, Terry Funk versus the UK wrestling scene. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Wrestling referees are wizards here. Metallica in the recording studio making Saint Anger. Lars, Lars, you know that new drum sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Jake Kearns, POV, mom and her new boyfriend throwing out your pet rock. <laughs> I'm her new boyfriend and I don't want any rocks in this house. <laughs> Dia Volta here. Find me a big piece of paper, Terry. Mick, I'm telling you, for the last time, he's not a damn spider. <laughs> <laughs> Although Dwayne the Spider Johnson, that would oh, fucking rock baby. me, man. Simon James. I'm going to write a best-selling book. Oh, yeah? I'm going to be the highest-paid actor of all time. Yeah, well, I'm going to be on an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh. And, uh, I think it's going to be great, guys. Oh. You know? Hey, you know what? He was fight coordinator for Rocky V. Was he really? Listen to our high two episode about Terry Funk, the original Mr. Hollywood fucking Terry Funk. That's the one where Rocky goes through like a bed made out of light fluorescent tubes, isn't it? And the, the <laughs> ring fucking explodes at the end of the match. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Rocky in FMW is what happens. <laughs> oh, Liam here with a very timely one. Who won't send a promo or drop a quick elbow? Who won't show up for the Survivor Series show? The Garbage Rock! Oh, the Garbage Rock won't. <laughs> I don't know why we're getting this. This is like just on everyone's mind, but Daniel Walker, The Rock, cosplaying as Survivor Series 2021. If ever a podcast is artificially extended the thoughts and yep. feelings about a show. We were meant to have forgotten about this show by now. That's the point of Survivor Series, is to forget it. You told me this would dissolve upon contact with Monday morning. <laughs> it's because they made all this fanfare about it being 25 years of The Rock. The Rock who didn't have the time to send a quick cameo tonight. <laughs> Pistachio Pete here. And you may find yourself in a wrestling ring. And you may find yourself with a garbage can over your head. And you may find yourself in between Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? I was going to say, my God, where is that tongue? <laughs> and <laughs> the days go by. <laughs> Michael Scally here. For the last time, Terry, Dwayne's go in the recycling bin. <laughs> Adam Carter. Kevin and Adam finally fight back after Penny secures another boy's pick. I know, the idea of a boy's pick being like just a bin with a wrestler's legs. That's that's the visual I can get behind. Throwing Billy in the bin because we're so No, upset. this is the boy's pick is why This is. is the boy's pick. The bin pick. with legs. It's some trash that we have to get our hands on. Double cross king. When you throw out the last piece of pie before asking the rock if he wants something. <laughs> I've never jumped in the bin for anything, but maybe a nice slice of pie. Maybe a Yorkshire pudding. Maybe I'd go bin diving for that. <laughs> Jordan has a great one here. It's amazing how different the Jawa stealing R2-D2 scene from Star Wars looks before all those special effects. <laughs> oh my gosh. Chris Trigg. Then I've pierced me head on a bin. <laughs> Good God. Last one I've got here. Cheyenne Rosnowski. Cactus Jack, seeing a future that mankind could not, goes for a preemptive strike on the rock. 1998, colorized. <laughs> yeah, the receipt's going to be something else, man. Let me tell you. It's going to be you when you buy a couch and you get a receipt in a big binder. That's what that is. 
I, I actually do have another one. I do have another one. Well, let's hear it. Jeff Maxfield here, a longtime fan. Foley and Funk desperately attempt to appease both Adam and Billy by working a match that will earn them both the grunt of the night and the soft moan of the night. <laughs> Kevin and the ranch wait in the wing, arms crossed. For crumb crisp, Kevin Kelly is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> for fuck's sake. I like that. Snuck that in there. We're like Team Taz, you know, in, in the corner, open, the, open our special box. Right, I got two here I want to round us off with. Please. One Puro Puri podcast saying, hey, look, there's $7 in this <laughs> <laughs> And then Mike F here. Do you remember Count Binface, the guy that yeah, ran for that, the yeah. London elections? He, he, there was controversy with Count Binface. He's not a wrong one, is he? No, no, okay. no. <laughs> good, good. No, he uh, he lost the rights to some other guy. And mm. the original Count Binface had to be like some other bin lad. And then the lad who kind of rode the wave of momentum was not the actual Count Binface. He was fucking Luke Gallows again, wasn't it? Oh, that was it. Yeah, they was. brought Gallows in. You so. see that big frizzy wig that yeah. Count Binface was wearing. He knew it was wrong. Well, man. Mike F here has tagged him and said, when Count Binface decided to stand in the local election in the valleys, he wasn't quite as well received as he had been in London. Beautiful. To which Count Binface himself has responded. The one and the same. The official account saying, au contraire, together me and Mick Foley would storm the valley. Wow. <laughs> so Count Binface now officially canon on the AE podcast here. And, uh, it's a matter of time. Maybe you look it over. I got a. I don't know why I've just become Taz, but. Uh, <laughs> you got Taz on the brain. You, you want to become a member of the ranch? We're like a brotherhood, you know? You can join us. That's all I'm saying. Join us for a spot of tea at eight. <laughs> eight. Eight ball. English people love me, Adam, you see. So, yeah. like, he'll go right uh -huh. in for it. Well, let's uh, zip up the big bag of captions and. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to that Royal Rumble action. Thanks again to Butts in the Seats podcast for sponsoring the caption contest. And don't forget, you can do a so as well. Head over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. You're I'm, ready? I'm, I'm about as ready as Vince McMahon was to find that golden egg, baby. Well, off we go back to simpler times. 1998. Oh, God. <laughs> Main event time. And it's a k k k k k casket match. As The Undertaker takes on HBK slash the icon slash the showstoppers slash the main event slash the last time we'll be seeing him with a functioning back, it's Shawn Michaels. The champion. HBK will fly. The attitude. I am simply the very best sports entertainer in the world today. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Whether you love Shawn Michaels or you hate him, it's really irrelevant. He's a magnificent athlete with a tremendous fighting spirit. The Challenger. The Phenom. Did you see that? Somebody is going to rest in peace. Honestly, on Raw, in spite of what we've just heard there with that very, very emotionally charged video package, these lads are mostly otherwise engaged with other people. Barely spoke to each other. It's, it's Taker and Kane. Yeah. And it's Shawn Michaels, his, his main issues, own heart. Yeah. Little bit Steve Austin, I guess. Little bit of slaughter occasionally. Little bit still. of slaughter and uh, and the nation and Legion of Doom. Those yeah. are the main issues that they have. Oh, they, is, it, is it just because they haven't got anyone else for each other? 
Well, like, the, the story is basic. Shawn Michaels is like, we've done two. This is the third one. That's it. And honestly, a lot of Shawn Michaels and Triple H's time on TV has not been, like, in someone else's face. It's just been the two of them being annoying on camera. Mm. Like, if anything, they're feuding with us, the audience, is what it feels mm. like. They're being so antagonistic to the viewers more than anything. Strip poker. Yeah. Long fucking segments. With long the, segments. Long segments. With the, I mean, at least when Triple H was cutting a long promo in 2000 on SmackDown, it felt like there was a, you know, we had a bullet point or two to get yeah. to. Whereas it's like, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are going to, you know, put on fucking robes and disrobe during Christmas yeah. and that's going to take about 19 minutes I guess so uh, much time oh man alive we should talk about how you know say what you will about how it was fun when Austin threw the intercontinental belt off the bridge and he handed it to the rock but it did kind of devalue that a little bit you want to talk about devaluing mid-card belts as well <laughs> oh yeah fucking Sergeant Slaughter to finally get some like get his own back on the on DX he's two fucking points. you may have fucked my wife Helmsley <laughs> but you're gonna have to face Shawn Michaels in the main event. Which meant we got our first of many, many, many times where DX were on the outs. They spent a whole episode of Raw just being at each other's throats. Did you know they did that all the time when they were faces in in season one as well? Every week it's It's like, oh, all the time. All the time. Who cares? It's the first one where they spent a full episode of Raw being like, finally, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they don't see eye to eye. They're going to explode in the main event. The European title is on the line. Sergeant Slaughter has dictated it. And we spent all fucking episode leading up to it, and I just fucking knew exactly what was going to happen. They do a little pretend lockup, and then Sean lies down, Triple H pins him, and he hands in the European belt, and they're like, hey, 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 we're still friends, man. Why does it give Kevin Nash and Hogan so much shit for the finger poke of Doom when this was like before it obviously gave yeah. them the idea to do that yeah. and this was way worse like. this is just the European belt I guess it's not a heavyweight title but I it's guess, still like yeah. in the space of two weeks they devalued both mid-card belts by just being like fuck it you have yeah. it now I don't care the the meat of this video package is like they had a great L match at Hell in the Cell and yeah. Bad Blood and like they did on Raw they were like we're gonna show you 15 minutes from that match set yeah. to music you know so they really are just rolling off of the the kind of the buzz about Hell in the Cell and JR frames this as being the highly strong versus the highly motivated. Which is which? Who's highly strong? Undertaker? Would you say Undertaker's highly no, high In real life, I think he is. <laughs> yeah. And what we have had is a little bit of the development with the Brothers of Destruction. Because Undertaker and Kane, they've had a few confrontations since our last pay-per-view. There was a moment on Raw where it's basically all the people who Kane has beaten up. Except for Crush, who we told that Kane is injured and he's gone forever because of that. Mm. Wink, wink. But there were seven people. It was like Scott Taylor and a bunch of DOA and like two cold Scorpio. They had bandied together saying, we're just going to take this guy out. We're going to get rid of Kane. Fuck him. And Kane was outnumbered and Undertaker came and they, they beat them all together. And then the next week, Paul Bear came out in tears, disheveled looking like he'd been crying all day amazing promo the only person who's ever done that like that is Paul Paul Heyman he will like not yes. shave for weeks yeah 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 but you literally had this guy coming out and it was like fucking dramatic as fuck he's in tears going like my, my Kane is gone mm-hmm. he's gone to be with the Undertaker and he I don't know Kane come back I looked after you all these years and this is before you even know that he's his dad yeah which when you know that he's his dad makes it even sadder because, like, these guys were thick as thieves. Like, a week ago, mm-hmm. they were, like, you come into the ring, we're like, well, look, it's a family reunion. The only one who isn't here are your parents who you murdered, Dave man. <laughs> <laughs> and Undertaker and Kane had a moment on Raw where they reached out across the divide of the of the rampway. Mm-hmm. Kane was up on the stage, Taker in the ring, and they did the, the, the pose together. Yeah. 
and JR put it over like you were seeing the greatest, most significant moment. These brothers are back together. And up and down my body, every single inch of my skin was covered in goosebumps. Yeah, it was amazing. What I mean, a moment. For, for a cane head like yourself, you must be having a good time with this. Oh, baby, they've been putting Kane over so fucking strong. It's so fucking great seeing him get... And, like, it's any time the lights go out, the crowd explodes yeah. now. Because like, they wait so before, over. they wait, like, five seconds. The lights are out, and then everyone's like, ah! Yeah. And then it'll go, ding! Ah! It's like the purest <laughs> form of Kane excitement because they've not had a chance to like ru ruin his mystique in any way yet whatsoever. He is still so pure white hot here. It's unreal. And something that I have to mention, but there's really nothing to it, but Shawn Michaels did claim at one point that Kane was going to join DX. Oh, for you, they Could already... Green Kane. They did. They were hinting at that even this far back. Right. Like. My DX is Los Baruicas and Kane and Paul Bearer. <laughs> right? That's my DX. You can't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> like and oh god were you excited for this one Billy casket match Shawn Michaels Undertaker they've had good ones on this season so far yeah but uh, no I don't like casket matches yeah same. it's a dud gimmick it's a hard sell this and like buried alive matches I just don't give a shit absolutely man. and they kept conflating them they kept because Taker was like the last time I was you know I was ever beaten in one of these matches it took the entire roster to bury me alive. It's like, yeah, but that was in a buried alive match. You just have to close a casket, not literally, you know, just because you greatly underestimated how long it would take men to dig yeah. a fucking six feet hole. Like, <laughs> come on. Shawn Michaels, he's put over so big. JR talks about him in reverent tones. Mm. Like, he's like, this man, Grand Slam champion. No one has ever matched this. Not Hulk Hogan, not Randy Savage. Not Bret Hart. <laughs> the fact that Michaels has had the European belt means he can say Grand Slam. And yeah. they're, they're hitting that home like it's a much, much, much bigger deal. Although Michaels looks scared. And I like that about this. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's, he's actually like... I appreciate at least on pay-per-view, Sean will put over someone like The Undertaker yeah. and show like fear of him. Because it's been weeks of him refusing to budge. He's too cool to sell anything. Mm. So it's really satisfying to actually see him show a little bit of respect for the dead man. Were you uh, expecting quite as much Mike Tyson chat as we got in this one? Well, I wasn't expecting to see Tyson flipping off Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he's a big fucking mark. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a big Brad Hart fan one would assume as, 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 as we get evidence from his anger at Shawn Michaels here there's constant chatter about him on commentary though like JR and King are like they are very distracted here tomorrow night on Raw folks Mike Tyson will be in the ring so, so is it tomorrow then that they announce he'll be the enforcer that, yeah that's when you get Austin and him the show mm. you know the money going up everywhere which again is it. misleading because for weeks they've been like showing like little footage of an interview with Don King talking heads about Mike Tyson and that they've been saying ghoul, there's, an there's an announcement coming we've got an announcement and it involves Mike Tyson and it involves Wrestlemania you're not gonna believe it so they want everyone to think Mike Tyson's fucking wrestling at Wrestlemania hey, Billy fill me in here Don King's a piece of shit right oh colossal piece of shit yeah. Yeah. I just know that Tyson thinks he's a piece of shit but that's not necessarily the greatest standing <laughs> yeah. indictment no, why he, is it about the he's, some broad strokes he's a greasy motherfucker yeah, yeah. like he, he have to be like Tyson's previous manager and like his, his trainings and stuff made like a big point to him and said like if you ever decide that you want to leave us like you can do that mm -hmm. it's you know it's your life but Don wanted control but, but, over but, but he said don't whatever you do don't go to Don King he will steal your money he will you know put you into contracts you don't want to be in 
don't and Don King's it. like no Mike you're, you're an independent contractor is what it is yeah. so, so there's the notion of them being like Mike Tyson's di- manager Don mm. King is negotiating with and Vince like, McMahon imagine that shit like and, and like obviously like Tyson's a piece of shit himself mm. but, but, uh, but like what King would do is you know he would say to he's just like well I'm, I won't be your manager but you know if you ever want me to look over your books ever look over your contracts because Mike's um He's not very good with numbers, and he got he basically had a load of his paydays nicked from him. Yeah, essentially. it had his paydays nicked, like percentages. Don King basically made it so Tyson was a business, and all of Don King's kids were parts of this business where they did nothing. Where they were like CFO of Mike Tyson, and like, right. and Mike Tyson they didn't. Did know. They did it with Ric Flair, but that was that yeah. was because Rick to get out of his financial troubles, they had to turn him into like a company. So yeah, they could all buy a bit it. so that, yeah. But so that's, all, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so like, all these members of, of Don King's family were like parts of this business and Tyson didn't know about it because he w- wasn't good with, with, with right. numbers and, and, he, and, he, and he was it. trusting the wrong people. So, right. So all we can say is that as disingenuous as Don King is when he looked as fucking delighted as a dog with two dicks and a big bowl of butcher's waste in front mm. of him when talking about this deal that he's made he is legitimately happy because he's probably going to see a lot more of this payday than fucking yeah. Tyson oh, yeah. ever will I don't think he will be with King much longer after this yeah it's interesting because you would think Don King would want to be involved in wrestling it because he you could tell from his appearances on Raw he loved being there mm. he, liked, he liked being made out to be the big fucking deal and all mm. that jazz yeah so we have Undertaker and Shawn Michaels I mean what can you say these two like the restraint that WWE always showed at not having these guys do every fucking main event of every pay yeah. because these guys, like, more so than Brett and Sean, more so than, you know, any other tandem around this time, these guys just click. I'm going to say this is Undertaker's greatest opponent. Like, yeah. I can't think of anyone that has brings better out matches. The best it's always Shawn Michaels brings out the absolute mm. best in Taker. Because he is the speed level, but also there's the size differential is still there. The Taker seems more like a phenom when he's wrestling Michaels than any of his other opponents. There's a story with these two. There's always in-ring storytelling, which you don't really usually get with like Undertaker and Kane or Undertaker and Austin. And which they still have, you know, fucking 15 years later when, exactly. they back, when they come back to this. And we get around five or so minutes, maybe a little bit less, but I could not believe that the bump, the one where Shawn Michaels goes over the top and he lands right in the corner of that of the casket, the yeah. one that causes Shawn Michaels to retire. Oh, that's that's the move, is that's it? That's the move. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you, and he, st- he wouldn't have noticed during the rest of this match. No. I mean, he he does one or two moments where he has you know that look he has at fourteen where he's like fuck, it. you know he's kind of when he's pulling up the he's pants. Got the he's got the adrenaline like, though as well, isn't he? Yeah. So to carry him through. But it's right at the start of the match. Yeah. yeah. And you know, blinking you'll miss, but I guess that's why it's so devastating because it's right at the point of the corner of it. He mm. just the small of his back is mm. horrible, and the crowd don't make a noise. I don't think King and JR even know anything is wrong. It's I not noticeable. No, no. I think the only one who knows probably is Shawn Michaels. And I guarantee you, the last thing Shawn Michaels was doing in January 1998 is saying, "Hey, I think I'm hurting. I need some time off." Yeah, right before WrestleMania. You know, hands will be coming into close contact with Shawn Michaels' shoulders, and words will come into contact with his ears very yeah. shortly, no doubt. But Jesus Christ, I couldn't believe it. This lad, you know, he was un- unaffected by it, it felt no, like. Totally. And that's me saying, oh, Sean's like, you know, pretending like he did before with injuries. You know, he definitely was very fucked up here. But I think Shawn Michaels' ego and his character was such that he was not letting something like a herniated disc slow him down. Yeah. <laughs> JR says, casket matches, they don't build character. It's not what it's about. Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> I like the casket cam, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, a little camera inside it. 
And uh, Shawn Michaels with the powder in this one. There was a lot of fucking people using the same gimmick two yeah, or three times yeah. here tonight. And also as well, an ominous fucking chill went up my spine when I started hearing the horns in this one. <laughs> 1998. <laughs> and you thought 2010 was the year of the Vuvuzela. Well, 1998 in wrestling has got some ruined matches it wants to talk to you about. The fucking stair bumps we're getting in this Oh, match. Jesus Christ. I screamed. The, the pile driver. driver. Whoa. Like, just before the pile driver and the pile driver itself. The noise it makes as, as Sean and Taker actually collide with Yeah. When Undertaker got pile driven onto the stairs, I wrote down here, it sounded like a wet bag of meat being flung against a brick wall. I don't know how they that noise was made. <laughs> so scary. I, 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 so how? scary. Unreal. Because if we're doing a, a pile driver right, that noise was Sean's arse. Which, yeah, no arse is that hard, mate. But like, no. it, so what happened? That's, that's Taker's head. No, I was going to say, my, my theory is oh, yeah. that Taker's head hit the steel. You see his head. Like, the, yeah. the top of his head was peeking out between his legs. Like, the, height, the height difference between the two of them. Yeah. A pile driver on the stairs from Sean's just seems too dangerous to do. I would have thought you couldn't pile drive someone a lot taller than you. I would have thought that's always, like... Danger zone. No. Yeah. Like, Certainly you know. not onto solid steel stairs. Or... Yeah, it was fucking horrible. Jesus Christ. And uh, <laughs> this is funny because, you know, we've had more than we ever expected in this season, like anti-WCW chatter on the commentary. Yeah. Uh, one I thought was particularly hilarious because his contract was coming up and you got to put the feelers out there, brother. Right before this pay-per-view, JR was like, you want to go on the Superstar line? Hollywood Hulk Hogan at the Royal Rumble? It's, Fuck it, off. It's happening. I'll it's tell, happening. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you all about it on the fucking... It's happening. <laughs> As if they think in any way he would he would happen, he would come Could back. Could you imagine that Hogan oh showing up? Oh, God. Darkest time. That would have fucking killed the Attitude Era. Yeah, 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 Mike, Michaels attitude is gone. Era. Don't worry. Here comes Hulk Hogan yeah, to save the day. would have absolutely killed it. But JR, he has some spicy verbiage here. Shawn Michaels, he's been the likes of Diesel and Sacco Sid. But I'll tell you, King, The Undertaker is an entirely different level than those two gentlemen. And you know what I mean. Nah, <laughs> I'm saying Diesel sucks. Real subtle, Jim. You big lazy bastard. <laughs> At this point, HBK seemed entirely fine. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's in charge of most of this now. <sighs> I thought the the, the the action kind of came to a standstill once they went over to that fucking casket. Oh, the casket is so... This is, you have to, like, they have to like, pull it open, the referee yeah, is like, opening yeah. the cage door. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't have that snap. And there's a, there's a bit know? where both of them managed to roll in the casket together and Earl Hebner's just like, what do I do? I'm going to close that there. And he just shuts it on both men. Yeah, there's a time like Earl Hebner's like, I'm closing it. And then like someone's hand comes out and he's like, oh. not putting pressure on it, but his hands on it, oh. like, you oh. know? Oh, what's going on? Okay. It's, it's very, like the referees could have decided a new world champion. They could have vacated Honestly. the belt in this one Awkward. several times they wanted to. Uh, the big elbow by Shawn Michaels and then we get sweet chin music. Taker goes into the casket and Shawn can't help himself. He has to do some of those triple C's. Casket cross chops. Yeah. We all did them in the 90s. <laughs> I know, little at kids the at the funeral. Suck it, dead grandma. <laughs> Gets his dick grabbed, though. Yeah. <laughs> I love Taker's comeback, and then he misses the Larry, and he's like, oh. and he literally rolls like right into the casket because of the momentum. I fucking love it. And Michael just dives in on top of him. Yeah. Like they, they probably do more with the casket than anyone else. I mean, this is far cry from Undertaker and Mark Henry in a casket but that shows you that like this is the most you can do with a casket and it's still fucking yeah. shit like yeah. it's we, not good we did get one of my favourite moments of the night here though is when 
Sean crawls oh, out. Oh yes! As, and he's crawling toward the camera and then gets pulled no! back. Yeah. That's one of my favourite moments of this. That's this honestly one of my favourite shots of the entire season. Yeah, yeah I, I, great. There was part of me that was like, work. they did this match so they could get that shot. Which oh, yeah, I would have thought they'd use in every Undertaker package ever. Like, you know when he pulled Diesel out from yeah. into the ring? But yeah, it was really, really great. The choke slam that we get from the Undertaker after this when Michaels comes out of the mm. casket. JR... He, he grabs him, he gets the goozle, right? Then he gets the goozle, and Jerry goes, The choke slam! And then he picks him up, and he goes, The choke slam! <laughs> and then he picks him a little bit further, and Sean man spreads. His legs go out, and he's fucking staying there, and Jerry goes, By God, the choke slam! And then he choke slams him. <laughs> That was honestly the greatest choke slam I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he followed it up with the janky as hell. It was like he did it on 2K. It's not meant to happen, but it looked cool anyway. Tombstone into the casket. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> like They were falling down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, baby. And then we get, oh no, the new H-Outlaws and Los Barricas. Oh, it's yeah. DX. Here they come. Yeah, they kind of lost me a little bit here at this point. Bullshit. This is kind of... I was amazed that the match was as janky as it was. I remember this being a classic. Really? Yeah, I just remember, like, yeah, that's one of the all-time oh, greats. Wow. And I just thought I was in Michael's Taker fever at the time because it was around 25 when I watched we, this last. Were you, were you mistaking this one for the, the, the Michael's Mankind one, maybe? Probably. That's, that's a Bobby Dazzler. Yeah, that is a fucking Dazzler, that match. But yeah, this this was this was not that. This I, is, I was very happy when the lights went out, let's just say. This is emblematic of my big issue with where the product's at at the minute is that week after week, every episode is non-finishes, big DQ, big interference. Yeah. Like it's They are We've hitting had three it DQs hard tonight. In when they, one night. When they're like, building up people, this is what WF always did in the attitude era like I'm building someone up and he did it in the Hogan era as well yeah. in fairness no finishes. You know, no finishes and we get fuck all finishes until like the year 2000 yeah. basically like Jesus Christ we get finishes on Smackdown Crawl in 2001 we should be thankful we for them we should be very yeah. grateful so yes the lights are out and the crowd probably the pop of the night other than Austin coming out it's Kane Here the fucking is. reaction is nuclear and JR hasn't quite landed on the brothers instruction instead the Brothers of the Night! The Brothers of the, the Night! The Brothers of the Night! Okay. Ah. Let's see what you're going for. I got such goosebumps for this. It's then. incredible. This was yeah. great, man. Fight so everyone off together. They clear house, and then Kane looks like he's going to do the pyro. No pyro. Only betrayal. Yeah. Whose side is he on? I oh. wouldn't know, Billy. I wouldn't know. Maybe. I wouldn't want you to ask me because I wouldn't know what to tell you. No. Fucking Paul Bear shows up, and Jared's like, no! No! <laughs> no! Yes. <laughs> so good. We get the choke slam into the casket. Shawn Michaels is the victor, and yep. the furthest thing from anyone's mind is who's the champion. Because we're about to take a journey into darkness. Oh. And if memory serves, Adam, this is kind of like the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> this is, right, I'll tell you right now, there's not going to be any journey into darkness at No Way Out. There is no mention of it there. So you, there'll be nothing next month. Maybe some speculation. We'll leave no. it, honestly, we'll leave it cool down after this. Yeah. <laughs> and not to give away what happens come WrestleMania, but let's just put it this way. The bout itself will be entirely anticlimactic when yes. we get yes. there. And, and so, without merit. <laughs> so this is going to be our last big bit of journey into darkness here. So Look at the amount of highlight. I've got a fair bit to get through today, folks. Okay. But I promise yeah, you it's worth it. You've it. got some highlighted bits from King Lair there he's gonna <laughs> pretend you're doing something in english class so they've put undertaker in the casket and they're gonna wheel him up the ramp now this is where we are folks he'd been feeling weird a lot lately a little disoriented not quite himself 
It was a good thing Barrow was so good with medicines, with chemicals. Otherwise, sorry. So Kane was feeling out of sorts. Kane's so feeling out of sorts. Not, not the lad in the cast. No, no. <laughs> Kane's feeling a bit iffy, and it's a good thing that Bear is good with chemicals. Otherwise, Kane didn't know if he would be able to fight, be able to go after his brother at all to gain revenge, and revenge was everything to him. When he slept, he dreamed of it. Awake, he planned it in his mind. Visualize the action, the moves he would make, the tombstone. Sorry, I think you would say the mood board that he made. <laughs> no, that's Ryback. Right of course, yeah. <laughs> the moves he would make, the tombstone, the pin, the crunching of the bones, <laughs> the making of the soup, Undertaker soup. The what? I'm, I'm not making this up, lad. Give me that. I'm not making this <laughs> up. Give me that. The, the making of the soup, <laughs> Undertaker soup. <laughs> the, I two fucking WWE cookbooks and there's not any Undertaker <laughs> soup like. it's bone broth I imagine a grey soup with kind of purple lighting on it like the making of the soup Undertaker soup stop saying the one thing, Undertaker soup the one thing he couldn't visualise what the soup would taste like <laughs> going down his throat the veins in his forehead throbbed it's our time now Glenn Bearer said he was on the other side of the casket helping wheel it down the aisle our turn to take revenge for what happened 20 years ago! Kane nodded. Right, he revenge. totally wasn't saying yeah, that. He said dick off. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he simply did not say I, that. I was amazed at how little they communicated. Uh, of course, he said, yes, 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 or something like that. <laughs> His head began to hurt. His steps slowed. Are you alright, Glenn? Are you What's, okay, honey? Sorry, what is this fucking... You know what this is like, right? You only get like a PS2 game of a Lord of the Rings and they added all this extra shit to pad it out. Yeah, yeah. This is it here where it's like, there's a whole level of wheeling the casket up. You have to stop every two seconds. Do you seconds. remember that bit in Spider-Man 2 where the vulture came back? The game version of the movie will have you believe that he was there. Do you remember like... when the shocker was all over Sam Raimi's Spider-Man? <laughs> you alright, Glenn? Are you okay, honey? He looked up. His mom was sitting on the casket, oh, of course. legs dangling over one side, looking at him with an expression of concern on her face. And of course as well now, I always thought there was ambiguity here because that could be like Paul Bear having a sex dream because he lost his virginity to that well, woman. Well, and he, and he, when he talked about it, he was smitten. This is in Kane's head here. Oh, okay. That's who we're aligned with here. She reached over and put a hand on his forehead. Hmm, I think you have a fever, honey. You're burning up. He was hallucinating, obviously. His mom was dead. He blinked again and shook his head, but his mom was still there. You know what, Glenn? I don't feel well either now. Maybe I have it too. Maybe it's a family thing. Smoke began rising from the top of her head. Some kind of curse, she Not added. the Kane family curse! And she burst into flame. Startled, Kane made an involuntary noise. And jumped backward from the casket. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, he most he certainly did not. He did not like. <laughs> are you? Sorry, all... Are we still on the ramp? Yeah, we're not... still wheeling this the. It's like WrestleMania 17, like mile-long ramp that we got going here. Are you all right? Barra asked. Kane nodded, but inside he thought, "No, no, I'm not all right." People who were all right didn't hallucinate this way. <laughs> it was probably because he wasn't getting enough sleep. It was it's the, the chemicals. chemicals. All, the, all those dreams. He would have to ask Bearer to give him something. A pill from his stash. For and he sake. certainly had a big stash. Of, of chemicals. We're skipping over a big bit with Margaret Barrow here. We don't need to go. So there's more so there's more people oh, appearing. Oh, yeah. there's, there's more hallucinations. It's a fucking Kane family reunion. Everyone but Beatheart shows up for a run. That's far enough, Bearer said, stepping in front of the casket. Go and get the axe! Right, Kane said, nodding. The right. axe. 
the axe with which to make soup. He picked it up and turned back to the casket. Katie Vick stood in front of him, dressed in her cheerleader's uniform. Kane dropped the axe. Ooh. He did drop the axe. He dropped the axe. No, he didn't. He dropped the... Billy, Billy, it's in the fucking book, dude. Of course he dropped the axe. Billy, you didn't even see Katie Vick, so you don't even know what you're talking about. Pay attention. <laughs> Katie raised her pom-poms and started cheering. <laughs> Kane, Kane, he's our man. If he can do it, Kane! He blinked and Katie was gone. And Bearer was glaring at him, holding a big red can. More like Paul Glare, am I right? Gasoline. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Can we not? This is our last big bit of Journey into Darkness. Can we not take it seriously, please? <laughs> he was holding a big red can. Gasoline, poised above the casket. Come on! Kane picked up the axe again and started walking. <laughs> was literally, Come, Come on! on! For fuck's sake, we've only got five minutes left in the pay-per-views, Andy! A car came roaring down the aisle towards yeah! him. A sports car. And in it, he saw a young man whose face looked awfully familiar. And the man smiled and gave him a big thumbs up and yelled, Curse! What curse? And the car flipped over and exploded into flames. <laughs> that curse, you fucking idiots! End it here, Bearer said. And it seemed to Kane for a moment as if the fat man stood inside a ring of fire himself. End it now! Kane hesitated. Do it, Bearer said. Go on, do it! Kane pictured his brother when the two of them were kids. Pictured them standing together, standing next to each other, as Denton Young and his gang ran away as fast as they could. Get out of here, Denton Young. Chicken shit cowards, Mark said. Teach them not to mess with a Callaway. Kane looked into the fire and saw the posters in his room burning. Saw the open front door. Saw Martha Cemetery and his parents' graves. He brought the axe down once and then again. The lid began to splinter. In his mind, he heard a scream. He couldn't be sure if it was his own or someone else's. Gasoline splashed on his arm. Bearer pulled him back a safe distance from the casket. Revenge, the man said, and lit a match and threw it. Flames burst forth from the casket. It burned. It smelled like chicken. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> please. Please. I'm sorry, like, I know we had biscuits and gravy beforehand, but I am literally having chicken for my dinner. I am going to make soup tomorrow with yep. leftovers. My mind. Take a soup. I'm just saying, my mind's elsewhere right now. <laughs> it smelled like chicken. <laughs> it's over! Bearer said. At last, it's over! But it wasn't. It was only just beginning, in fact. Somehow, Mark had managed to escape from the casket. Mark! He so what, got, he what's got what's out. What smelled like chicken then? The casket. The, it was maybe, maybe they don't go into detail. But if we could speculate for a second, okay. I'm assuming that Mark slipped out of the casket without them seeing. And maybe yeah, I thought he got out like because where the casket was, he he rolled under the ring. Under the ring, and he slipped in like a decoy chicken or something <laughs> that had been dressed up to look like a bunch red. of no. For, see, the thing is, right? To for a stunt taker, you just sellotape at least nine chickens together. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. I was gonna say like a a, a, a cooked human. It's mm. going to smell more like pork, pork yeah. than... Or, as we know from the last ride now, Undertaker is fond of shooting turkeys in cold That's blood, true. so he may have stuffed a massive turkey in the coffin or something. Because ah. that, be like, that would be about, only be about two turkeys. You've got two big... Two big, two big wild two turkeys. Big turkeys. Yeah, I think so. i got two big turkeys <laughs> for you, beef jerky. Uh, well, thank you for the reading, Adam. I appreciate that journey the into the last, darkness. the last of this big book we're going to be looking at. That is a, a beautiful tome. We'll it's, have a little update at WrestleMania. A little update at WrestleMania. Little I, I just kind of wish he'd like watched that 
moment. I and I kept actually it, watched. I, yeah. watched that moment. I actually kept it to the actual accurate sort of timings. Because I don't mean to to disparage. Like, do all of that stuff before he comes out. Yeah. But when you're having like that that bit lasts about what forty five seconds. And it's also mm. as well. I sh- we should point out, Billy. And it's no offense to to Michael Chiappetta or you, Adam, but. What we saw was a lot better than that. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Because you know, it was okay. like they set fire to it and they hit it with an axe. Did it all and, quick? And he didn't drop the axe. There was no soup. Nope. There was no chicken. No. And that's better, is it? I mean, you didn't see Katie Vick. You didn't see Kane's mum burst into flames. You didn't see a car flip yeah, over but, and explode. Yeah, but neither how, did he. How, <laughs> how, how much did you have to skip to make that to a borderline readable a bit? Borderline. That was very indulgent, and I appreciate your patience and, <laughs> and the listeners' patience as well. As you can see, I left out a good load yeah. of this here. Like, there's, there's a whole cast of characters in that dream we didn't see there. Yeah. I will just say that ending, that visual. I know it, there's a janky bit where he hits it with the casket and the casket is like whoop, 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 and that's when he stands on it then because he realises yeah. without his weight and nothing in it them chickens are just going to roll around inside yeah. that casket but the visual and the calmness can you imagine what it would be like to spray a gas scene and then light a book of matches honestly and then hand it to someone else yeah. who's all sweaty and then they have to throw it cool as cucumbers them too yeah Fucking awesome. I mean, that was honestly, it's the best story in wrestling at the moment in 1998. Absolutely it is. And I will say, I think we said it before, it's the best story WWE has ever done. I think it's possibly better than Austin and McMahon because yep. that that was like, that story was bigger than wrestling. This ain't bigger than wrestling. This is a yep. very much a story you can only tell in wrestling. Like, it, that's how, like, you know, like, everyone hates their boss. Everyone's got their brother who died in a fire who right, then came yeah, back, you know? Yeah. Everyone relates. No, this is a silly wrestling story, and it's great. With the caveat of, when I say the best story in wrestling, I mean up till WrestleMania. The stuff that comes after that, mm, that's a diff. That's the sequel. That's the really difficult sequel, well, that is. Like Kane and his greatest love, China, have to say about that. Mm. Royal Rumble, 1998. It's in the books, and coming to you next time, there will be no way out in your house for lockdown. No, it's it's going to be the next... The next pay-per-view will be our last in your house and our last original pay-per-view of this series. Jeez, you're right. And then after that, it's back to WrestleMania 14, and we will, on that episode, announce boys' picks, and we will announce... The coveted season five, which many of you may have already guessed and then given up and from trying to find out. Any closing thoughts on Royal Rumble '98? I thought, in spite of the bullshit and the, you know, you pointed out to me, Bill, how many DQs there were there, mm. and I felt like it went way over my head. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed all the TV going into it for the most part, and then I found myself just like, yeah, this is this. There's a there's a kind of a a good spirit about this wrestling show because it feels like they're turning the tide against a company that probably deserves to have the fire lit under them. And that's WCW who are kind of coasting a little bit coming into 1998. Mm. What do you guys think? Royal Rumble 98. Adam, you're pulling faces. I'm soured a little bit on the product at the minute. Yeah. I really, like, I think is, it, is it Michaels and DX? It's Michaels and DX, but also just the product in general, the booking, like I say, the amount of DQs and non-finishes we're getting now. The lack of wrestling, like, there's a lot of just talking and segments and not a great deal of wrestling. Like, I I just feel like when we started in 97 on the timeline, the product was so strong and so different and enjoyable. And now it's turning into the 98 product. So stuff that you recognize and it's coming out. Stuff that I recognize. And I remember vividly that I didn't like 98 and I didn't like most of 99. It took a while for me to get into the Attitude Era when we did it the first time around. 99 fucking hate. 
heinous sometimes. So I've seen the writing on the wall for like, oh, okay, things are going well for them and the company's turning into this and what it's turning into, I actually don't like as much as Right, yeah, beforehand. where you were. How yeah. about you, Billy? How'd you go on with this pay-per-view? I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best we've had this season, yeah. but was not the worst. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, it was solid, I would say. I know if it was to give it a percentage, but I'd give it a good 75, maybe. I don't think I've ever seen No Way Out, uh, 1998, no. ever before, so this will be a first for me. I know that Michael's... I couldn't tell you a match from it. Michael's no. is meant to be at it, and he's not. Okay. And that's the first kind of alarm bell that, okay. you know, things are maybe so wrapping up. So we're not going to have a title match next month. Uh, no, there's not a title match as far as I know the oh. next pay-per-view. It's it's a bit janky, but yeah, Michael's is not, is not yeah. there as mm. far as I know. But look, I mean, that's par for the course, isn't it? Because how many times has it been like, hey, we're motoring, but something's incredibly wrong, and... Steve Austin has miraculously somehow recovered from his broken neck, and our other top star, Shawn Michaels, has broken his back. Yep. It's 1998, but nothing, and I literally mean nothing, is going to stop this company nah. from becoming the biggest deal in wrestling. It just seems like, if you believe in fate, well then, this is fate for WWE and Vince McMahon. In spite of themselves and everything that's happening to their top stars, Brett's gone, Shawn's gone. Austin should be gone. Yeah. Why honestly. aren't you gone? Your neck is broken. Baffling. Baffling, but it's 1998 and it is lightning in a bottle. There was never anything like this in wrestling and we're, if anything, this has confirmed what we suspected this season so far. Mm. Last thing I want to ask you, match of the night, MVP, Adam, how did you get on with this one? Match of the night, I literally can't believe I'm going to say this, but looking uh... at the entire lineup in terms of like pure, that was a good match. Yeah. I'm going to say New Age Outlaws versus the Legion yes, of Doom. Yes, same, same, genuinely, honestly, yeah. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that they put on such a genuinely, like... Billy, the look of his... Was, he broke, I'd say he'd break every piece of furniture in his locker room, but, like, this is... Same. Same? same. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Wow! It was, a, it was a great tag match. Best tag match I've seen from either team, I think. Yeah. I think you said that earlier, Billy, and I'd be inclined to agree. Like. I think it was a great... Great fucking match. Honestly, it was, it was good really story, something. Good back and forth. And like... to stand out on a mad night that has Royal Rumble and a casket match. Uh -huh. And, you know, I would say special shout out for Goldust and Vader. I great match as well. Great Absolutely. All right, well, we're all in agreement on the match of the night. Who's an MVP for you then, Adam? For me, it's The Rock. He did a fabulous job with Ken Shamrock. He did a fabulous job on the mic during his little, he had like two or three speaking segments tonight. Yeah. And all three of them, he did a great job. And then in the Royal Rumble, I don't think we actually really went out of our way to mention this. He came in at number four. He, he was, was in it the whole he time. He was in it for like a good 40, four 50 years, minutes. Yeah. Like, it was a long, long stretch for The Rock. And he didn't ever take a powder. He never oh. really went to sleep. He like, got a gas tank on him that time. Absolutely, like, yeah. You know. And it's just like, this is just the beginning for him. So I was fucking really impressed to see him doing so good tonight. Billy, your MVP for tonight. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's a New Age Outlaws. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. I, for we the do first, things a little differently in the ranch, for, you see. Yeah. For, the, oh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> for the first time ever, I got it. Right, okay. Yeah. But they should never have been... Which is something I'd never yeah. got when they were face. But yeah. it would probably be is going to make you hate them more once yeah. they turn faces. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the road dog did something. Yeah. You know. The road dog. The yeah. road dog. The road, the road dog did something. Like, which he never fucking did in season one. Yeah, it's like, true. He, he was nasty. He was sneaky. He was, he was wrestling. He was wrestling. He was getting involved. Uh, and, uh, you know, Billy Gunn's always been like, you know, just a, a good hand. Solid. Yeah. And like, they were the people who surprised me the most. Tonight yeah. Wow. Being, they, they did, they did well tonight. And it just, it just annoys me more that they just fucking rested on their laurels for the rest of the Attitude Era. Yeah. T-shirts, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, New Age Outlaws, MVP. I'm struggling to pick an MVP. I do feel like I do want to make a special mention to Shawn Michaels just for the fact that 
my you know I've seen that match before. My memory of it was that that spot happened later in the match, and then they mm. kind of wrapped it up. It was probably the worst Michaels Undertaker match I'd seen in many respects. But the fact that Shawn Michaels was able to give out a performance that was both like very gracious to the Undertaker and also made him look like a million dollars as well, I don't think it's that Shawn Michaels has matured or turned a corner or anything like that. It's just a combination of the fact that him and Undertaker are probably the best dance partners you could ever get in WWE yeah. in 1998. And also as well, I think Shawn Michaels, it's underrated. He's a tough fucker, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, how many times have we seen wrestlers get an injury way, way, way less severe than a, what happened to him there? Mm -hmm. And then adrenaline or not, that's it, they're done. Honestly, in many cases, I would say, you know, I wouldn't have said Shawn, it was to his, his detriment, I think, he continued here. Mm -hmm. By rights, he shouldn't have. But he did, and... You know, you wouldn't have known. Like I, I honestly, you wouldn't have known that no. there was anything wrong with them. So I think that needs to be yeah. to be praised. I knew something was coming. Yeah, I knew something that was coming in terms of an injury. Yeah, but I didn't know it happened in this match until you mentioned it. I watched this match and I couldn't have even told you. Wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know because no. it barely even looks like he makes contact. It's, yeah. it's such a tiny, like kind of it's a tiny impact. It's a non moment. It like. Like. But it's it's got to be Austin. He's the MVP. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, this uh, this pay per view was about him. And no one could go, well, why did they make this about him? It was yeah. it was obvious. Yeah. And I like that they managed to do the story of this rumble's about this guy, and he didn't eliminate every single person. No. Henry got some eliminations, Kurgan, Foley, you know, everyone got a little more of a fair run. It feels like since Roman, it feels like there's been stories now where it's like this guy comes out like Lesnar or Braun Strowman yeah. or whoever, and they you know, they eliminate ten people and we have to kind of that's the story of it. This was a much better story yes. because other people got to do shit. Austin didn't make the rumble all about himself, even though it was all about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they pulled it off better than they did in 1999, I think, because yeah. that rumble suffered because of Austin's story in it. Mm. Well, what do you think of this episode? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you get your audio, leave us an old rating or review, or the best thing you can always do to help out the editor of podcast. If you see a friend or someone you know asking for a recommendation, send them our way. You can find us on socials at AE Podcast on Twitter, and you can find us by searching The Attitude Era Podcast on Facebook. And on that Facebook page, you will find a nice little library of video content. We have got little clips from the podcast set to video from classic episodes, new episodes, and tons of little sneak peeks and previews of our Patreon content. So you can get a little sneak peek at Smackdown Crawl or some Bibliotech or some video episodes. Patreon.com slash AE Podcast. Support the show show help it get made keep it ad free and 100 fan and listener supported and you don't just get to do that you get a whole shed load of audio content and video content smackdown crawl 80 something episodes we're up to oh. wrestlemania 17 yes. nearly now as well as that you get the bibliotech video episodes our latest one clocking in over two hours about no mercy on the n64 Q&A episodes, commentary tracks, random side ventures like that Limp Biscuit, Chocolate Starfish review. We've got yeah. more of that sort of thing. All that and more over on the mm. page. Maybe that wasn't the best ever. <laughs> 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 I know, we, we do good shit as well. Like the Big Show show. Oh no, what am I doing? <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchamania.com. Ooh, stuff and things. Lovely stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, well, there'll be no way out in your house. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Adam Shira Podcast.